ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 13th of March 2018 at the wrong time for at least a good three quarters of the world yeah. for the next few weeks. Yeah. We apologize on behalf of Daylight Savings Time for existing. We still don't know why it does, but it does, and it constantly throws the show off a few times a year, so there you go. It's super necessary because... Because reasons that existed uh, 200 years ago uh, that yeah. don't exist anymore. The werewolves, particularly, specifically it's very them. Hard to change stuff like. Uh, yes. <laughs> we are creatures of habit, and we fear change, and this is why, even if it makes no sense whatsoever, we will stick to our guns. That we will. Welcome if, to humanity. If anything, if you don't stick to your guns, then you're a damn flip flopper. That's not acceptable. Yeah. Especially with all the werewolves around. They don't respect that. Jesse, what are you doing? He's doing a, that's none of my business. Yeah. Mm, yeah. With a single extended pinky, whatever it is. <laughs> no, my. <laughs> this episode of the Corruptional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Audible. Head on over to audible.com slash cynical for your free audiobook. We'll have some recommendations for you a little later on in the show that demonstrate our wonderful palette when it comes to the consumption of audiobooks, our incredible taste, yeah, our in- amazing culture, mm-hmm. those things. I'm not very what? convincing, am I? Is it just going to be Star Wars? No, don't, don't put... Nah, no, don't there, put there might be me. Warhammer as well. I was going to say, can I make a prediction that Jesse's book is Star Wars related? <laughs> yeah, I, I think like for the next few episodes with those recommendations, it's going to be Star Wars, Warhammer, and then Dodger brings an actual book to the table. Don't put that on her either. Don't do that. Don't do I that. Normally, I normally try to. I normally try to bring an actual thing Give it a shot. I yeah. want to listen to <laughs> Nope. Mm. Seems reasonable. There's, there's at least we have several pets actually in frame today on camera, which is always nice to see. Too many. Special day. Yeah. There's a what dead rat in the many? corner over there. There's no such thing as too many pets. I keep trying to tell Chris this. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I agree. <laughs> Oof. It's Oof. a reasonable number of pets that we have here. I don't really see the problem with that. Mm. It's. There's two dogs and a cat. That is a normal amount of pets. Yeah, I just that's reasonable. Just, Tell us how you really feel, Jesse. And a frog and a frog squire. Yeah. One of those is useful. The other three just poop everywhere. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I did pick up poop off the floor earlier. <laughs> I was telling you, it's usually good to get anywhere. that out of the shot before you know we set everything I mean, up what? for the show. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say there's a reason why our cat has its own room and we just, you know, keep it out of the way over there. Damn! <laughs> that cat is living the high life. It got banished. Wait, do, are your are your cats the sort of cats that are just like, I'm going to pee on this and I'm going to pee on this? Thankfully not this. mostly anymore. So, yeah, that, that was a thing that happened for a while and it sucked. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore, but... I've never had a cat do that before. Let's just say one of them has really bad aim. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Despite having a box with a lid. Uh, some, <laughs> somehow inexplicably. Sometimes when he goes to poop, he just poops slightly outside of the box. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty it much. It doesn't happen very often, but every now and then I'll go in there and be like, you missed. Is that why? when like, the butt is like kind of outside of the litter box? Just yeah. Which it never really should be. Don't worry. So I'm yeah. good. And then he goes to poop and then he leaves and I'm yeah. like, one of them apparently just can't understand the concept of either turning around or reversing into the fucking thing. Mm. So it's just like, this will do. It's like, no, it won't. It will not do. This is not okay. Oh, look at Cats. her. Cats suck, basically. Oh, that's a dog, however, at, so that's are okay. You looking at my duchess. This yeah. duchess. And this is Jeffrey. They're both so cute. <laughs> one, of those, one of those dogs got screwed. Out of a good... <laughs> this is Duchess, and this is Jeff. Can you guess? Can you guess who named Duchess and who named Jeffrey out of hmm. myself? I, I have some suspicions. Let me put it that way. You know, it's actually not as bad as it was going to be. His original name, when Chris first decided he wanted him, was going to be Lil Jeff, not Lil Little Jeff. Lil, Lil, Lil Jeff. So it's yeah. rap name. It has yeah. a rap name. Why would it have a rap name? What use is that? I don't know. Chris fancies himself some kind of British Eminem. It's no. Don't ask. Don't no, ask. He, he has no street. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Of any sort. <laughs> what was that? I'm not kidding. He thinks he's like a lyricist, and it's all behind closed doors. This is the true story of what exists behind, like, at when the stream is off. He sits there listening to rap and like typing out the lyrics. Like, oh, this is this is very insightful, and he'll type to me what. what he just <laughs> this heard. is very insightful. Yo, 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 get money, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the philosophical spin on that. Yeah, I Sometimes. get it, though. I understand what he's saying. Yeah, like, it makes sense to me. Like, the backup, yeah. right? You need somebody to say... It's a fairly solid, if straightforward plan. Get I'm money. not sure yeah. if there's any nuance to it. Yo, 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 to get your attention. Like, this is important. Yo, yo, yo. He says it three times because yeah. you're such good friends and he wants to make sure you're listening. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's get money and bitches. Do you yeah. want to miss out on this incredible business opportunity? <laughs> Of getting bitches. Yeah, and indeed. And it's a multi-level marketing scheme <laughs> yes. involving bitches. That's yeah. just how it is. And, and money. That's a that's multi-level. That's like that 3D chess in Star Trek. That's intricate. I don't know how anyone ever plays that. People actually play that. Like, yeah. there is, well, there is a set with an actual set of rules. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's like what the 2D one is hard enough. Why do you need to fuck with it? It's like, oh, this shit's too easy for us in the 23rd century. It's like, oh, okay, that's very nice. Once we've figured out actual magic and you can give me wizard chess, I'll play that. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to play. What? What? Wizard chess. Battle wizard chess. I understand. I understand. It's Battle the first part. It's the first part. It, Once it, we it, figured out magic part that I'm, yeah. I'm a little worried about. <laughs> Once we figure yeah. out magic. Oh, okay. Once we figure out actual magic. Yeah, we just need to crack alchemy. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It does yeah. seem like, yeah. you know, there's a few steps to this plan that would be a little tricky. Once we unlock the secrets of the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Well, then, fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm so Fair sorry. For this I've... plan. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video <laughs> games. Coming up on the show, we'll talk about the games we've been playing this week. A little roundup of the news, what there is of it. And, of course, our uh, usual review of the upcoming releases of the week, of which there are quite literally hundreds. Uh, mm -hmm. We skip through them and try and find ones that don't suck. I imagine, for instance, that not included in that list will be Chocolate Makes You Happy 4. I don't which know. is coming out on March the 14th. Just on that, though, how is it that this is number four, right? <laughs> that, there had to have been one, two, and three, and Presumably. still enough content to make a fourth. 
Presumably, so, yes. As to whether or not, I, I one has to wonder. No, they, yes, they definitely did actually make that many. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. I was just, just double checking that, just making sure. I mean, um, it's actually got to be like you know profitable enough that he could keep going with the whole series, turn it into a franchise. Or it's just some giant money laundering scheme. Who knows at this point? More likely. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? All right, let's talk about some games we've been playing this week. Who wants to start? Who wants to toss a hat in the ring? Yo, since we were just mentioning Alchemy, can I start? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay, so I played a game. <laughs> what a weird segue. I played a fucking game called My Lovely Daughter. I played the whole goddamn thing. What? Oh, is this the game where we thought it was about banging your daughter? No. I would hope not. <laughs> That's why I didn't play it. I was like, mm, I'm going to pass on this that one. That sounds like a... I mean, to be fair, considering what pops up on Steam on a weekly basis, that assumption might... If you clicked have on been it, a, you would have no reason justifiably to cautious one, but... Um, so the, the concept of my lovely daughter is you are an alchemist who wakes up and has lost a chunk of memory. You don't know why you're in this house. You don't know what's going on, you're looking for your wife, you can't find your wife, you're walking all over this house, and in one of the rooms, you find a girl who looks very much like your daughter, but older. And so you're like, oh my God, something happened. Um, you find sort of like a preserved soul and determine this is my daughter's soul. That's why her body's still here. This is my daughter's soul. And if I infuse it with enough power, because I'm an alchemist, if I infuse it with enough power, I can bring her back. And like, like I don't know where my so wife well is, but I do know where my daughter is. In so many different stories. That plan so, is yeah, always right? I was like, ah, this is going to work out perfectly. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so the entire game is about you making homunculi. A homunculus is basically like a, a living entity that you make with alchemy, right? So uh, the entire game is you making tons of homunculus daughters. They're always like little girl versions of different types of homunculus, um, like around the age that your daughter is. And you have to give them some kind of joy in life or like give them a reason to live so that you can kill them and then put their life energy into your daughter's soul to bring her back. So the entire game is this super fucked up cycle and it does get a little repetitive. It's this super fucked up cycle where you're just making all kinds of different girl tree girls, you're making ice girls, all kinds of shit. You send them off to like meet people in town, you spend time with them, you give them gifts, and then you kill them. <laughs> and every time you kill them, you kill them in the most brutal way possible. So for example, like you make a stone girl, the way that he decides, ah, I need to kill this girl. So the way I'm gonna do it is I'm gonna throw her in the water cause she'll never get out. Right. Like what the fuck? I don't know how sane the developers of this game what? are. One of these days, we're going to have a show where we just talk about normal games <laughs> instead of this fucked up shit that we seem to find every single week. Can um, I just, can I just, hold on. Uh, yes. Please continue, Dodger. Please continue. I'll be back with you in one second. I just need okay. to go find a tweet really quick. Um, <laughs> you need to find a tweet? Yes, one of your tweets. I one also highly tweets. recommend people actually Google the word homunculus because I had to. <laughs> I am not an 
person who knows what a homunculus is. This is a little demon thing, right? Yeah, it was kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you use like different things to create like your own magic plus elemental things to create. Yeah. Um, you, really quickly, just one more time, really quickly. In 30 seconds, can you sum up this game one more time? What is What do you do in this game? You create homunculus daughters and you murder them. <clears throat> Was that quick enough? March 10th, Jesse Cox. <laughs> Played the game Choo Chill for Fan Friday. It was great. March 10th, Dodger. This game is so fucking weird, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Choo Chill, as in that adorable little game from Aminata and... That's that's fucked up and weird, but this just wanna... this seems entirely entirely reasonable. Sure. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair call out. <laughs> yes. I I am um, right. Well, I'm I mean I have to admit I'm curious about Choo Chill. If you you played that one, wait, Jesse. Let that... me finish though. What yeah, no, else I want to hear the rest of this. this. No one insane. else is going to play this stupid game. I might play it now. It sounds crazy. <laughs> I just want to. If there's one thing that what was that game that you played, Dodger, with the popsicle? Oh, you know shit. what I mean. Succulence I don't know what you mean. Yeah, the yeah. the one where you're just like slowly. There's like a dude's face. Oh yeah, let's let's not like, do the yeah. We're, we're yeah. gonna avoid the movements. This but one. what I'm <laughs> what, what I'm saying though is that like if there's one person I know who can tell <laughs> a video game description, no matter how weird it gets, and actually have yeah. a whole bunch of people go and try it out, it's you. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. Um. No, I just, rather than just leaving it at, here's okay. the description, and then not giving any follow-up, because that's not what we do on this show, Total Biscuit, I just wanted to say... <laughs> <laughs> we do that all the time! We're not supposed to! This is no. a show where we discuss how we felt about the game! They but really none of us played it other than you! Information! <laughs> I'll allow it just because Jesse's now expressed an interest and intent to actually play it. So, um, uh, the way that they handle his amnesia is super spotty. The gameplay itself is like pretty repetitive. And at the end it's, it's a weird like guessing game because you have to determine exact ratios in order to bring your daughter back to life correctly. Ooh. Um, so it does like get a little bit. Like proportion of body, you mean? Proportion of, um, uh, emotional attributes that should be oh. inside of her soul. Oh. So it it gets it gets a little bit uh, tedious, I guess, at the end. Um, but it's <laughs> if you want to go on a wild fucking ride, it's worth it to finish it. That's all that I'll say. Hmm. So yeah, my lovely daughter. Hmm. Uh, I also apparently accidentally clickbaited the shit out of everybody because I was like, we're playing my lovely daughter. And then a bunch of people showed up and were like, your daughter's here? You had a baby? Did the Is the baby here? And I was like, if oh, the baby was no. here, I would not be streaming. Dreaming. No, that seems unlikely. <laughs> That's not bad. how that works. <laughs> also, like, the wording of that phrase, we're playing my lovely daughter. Like, oh, you got played, punk, baby. <laughs> yes. like, I, don't, I don't know what. What we're, do they expect this stream to be We're pranking our newborn. It's the yeah, new thing on about, YouTube. It's about my lovely daughter, <clears throat> Jesse. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just a word was missing there. I'm playing with my lovely daughter. Yeah. Uh, even more clickbaity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, way sure. to get a lot of viewers. It's true. 
Yeah. Jesse, do you want to talk about Chuchel, that fucking weird game? I yeah, don't, I not really weird don't know one why you call it weird. I can't figure it out. It's silly and like super cute. You play as a little tiny, uh, you look kind of like one of the, are they dust bunnies? Whatever the hell they're called in Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those little, you look like one of those guys, and except you have an acorn cap, and along comes a giant hand, I assume of a gorilla, who knows, the hand of fate, we'll say, who takes the one thing you love in life, cherries. Already I relate to this guy. He and I are on the same page. So he takes a cherry from you, and then you go through a point-and-click adventure to get your cherry back, but you never do. And you meet along the way a little tiny, like, spiky dog, and a bunch of weird characters, like a half a banana that you fly on, and um, a bunch of like weird wormy dudes, and like it's a silly game. It makes no sense. It is just funny, and weird, and quirky, and like super cute. And I love every bit of it. It's it doesn't make any sense, but it's simple enough that it doesn't need to. Because it's like, oh, I understand. Like he just he just wants his cherry back. Yeah. That's all he wants. It's like all, all the stuff that Aminata does is like, there's no speech. It's like, it's very easy to understand because you can clearly see what's happening. Yeah. And they, they took uh, a lot of time adding fun things like, uh, as you saw there, I think this is the trailer. Um, yeah, it is. There's one area where in order to get past the point and click part of it, you literally have to go inside of a snail because the snail inside of a shell is a bunch of mini games and you have to play Tetris except you are on, Chuchel's on the Tetris board as the pieces are dropping, so you have to, like, dodge the pieces. Um, there's one where you have to do Pac-Man, except you have to eat the Pac-Man, which is amazing, And uh, but they have to turn Pac-Man pellets into cherries in order for you to eat them because you don't like Pac-Man pellets. Um, and then like I think the other it. one is Space Invaders. And so and you bounce on springs to blow up the guys, but you can only do it when you're their color. It's It's... Great! I don't understand. Dodger, you break my heart. My heart broke when you were like, this game's dumb and you're stupid. And I hate I you. Her tastes have turned super edgy lately. That's why. It's got to be that. I, so for me, I love Machinarium so much because like they spent a lot of time to create a really interesting world and there's lots of really cool music and stuff in it. I didn't enjoy the sound design in Chuchel at all. I was sad that it was so, that like every screen is so just like, I don't know. It's like too simple. I don't know. It's, it just wasn't, it wasn't like interesting. It was just like, yeah, it was just like strange creatures in a negative space with sound design that I didn't like. And oh. so I played like 20 minutes of it and I was like, well, I'm done. <laughs> I feel like this is an art thing. Right, like people are gonna like sure. you like what you like, and mm -hmm. and in this, uh, like I agree, uh, Botanicula and Machinarium and all those games, I love those as well. And I think it just comes down to the fact that like I'm a sucker for point and clicks. But like this for me was like silly character. Every voice was like, Ula babo, Ula babo. um, the it's, sound design. Kind of reminds me of Pingu. Mm -hmm. The sound design I liked uh, because it related to the level. Like um, one area you meet a uh, giant like um, like Bigfoot guy and he's sitting there listening to eight little I think worms I don't know what they're supposed to be singing and the whole level is about shutting them up so you have to get them to stop singing but as you sort of shut them down parts of the song stop and I was like I like this stuff this is nice it's about sort of what is happening in the world 
And and yeah, I think the negative space and not having anything in the background is kind of jarring if you're like, what what's happening in this world? What is the context? But from minute one, when when you load the game up, there is no title screen. You are yeah. literally just on a screen with Churchill sleeping and then all these things around him. And when you go to look at instructions, not, there's no English. There's no words. There's no you are not told how to play. There never is in Aminata's like, games. It's all it's not, always clean like that. Yeah. Not to use like a dumb theater term, but playing this game felt very Brechtian. Like they would just they would give you the title screen multiple times. <laughs> I Oh yeah, yeah, it was all like that? it was I that thought mean? that was supposed to be like episodic. Like every time that came up, it was one of those things like, who could it be but Chucho? Like that's kind of what it was. I is know. every time you solve something I hated that. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that. There's not enough innocent murder in this game for Dodger anymore. <laughs> Where are my daughters to kill? It's like, well, How if I, if I can't create facsimiles of my daughter shirt. in order to murder them in very specific ways, then yeah. what's the fucking point? Come on, man. Damn. Yeah, but it. But I. I can understand an art critique. I just think uh, it's weird, but not like. For me, there's two types of weird. There's super cute weird, and then there's like, oh, this is uncomfortable weird. And I feel like this got the super cute weird vibe down. And uh, it's you know, it's kind of like when when dealing with crazy. There's fun crazy, and then there's oh no crazy. <laughs> and this is this is kind of what this is like. I, but I can understand everyone's line of what is like okay with them is different so i don't hold it against you but i was heartbroken when you were like i do not like this game and i was like <laughs> i didn't say any of that i just said it was weird i saw your tweet you were like and jesse you're wrong and stupid and i hate you and it was all tears <laughs> all tears it happened okay you know what you're right <laughs> yeah i it was saw on twitter it, it was aggressive That's exactly what happened hmm Shannon, what have you been playing? And also, who are you? And what do you do? Yes, chat, chat, is, chat is curious. We never got into that because somehow we mostly complained about cats for 10 minutes. That's true, we did. Um, who am I? Uh, well, I am um, a lot of formers. I'm a former Twitch employee. I um, am also a former game producer um, for a, in, like a little studio in London called improbable um i also am a former content creator i guess i would say because i haven't actually streamed in a couple of years so uh yeah um but with all of that said i have a sort of weird presence i guess um as a business manager for sacriel who is a um one of the larger channels in the uk and he's all right. uh yeah he's okay you know <laughs> i guess he puts the cereal in the fridge, so that's a little weird. Um, but yeah, but like and... cute, right? Right? See? Yes, cute. There's weird. like not, not the weird, not the. Oh, crazy. not like oh, <laughs> not... put the no. cereal in the fridge. Put the yeah. cereal in the fridge. She doesn't like the cereal on fire, so that's good. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so so that's me, and uh, and you might have seen ranty tweets from me on Twitter, maybe that kind of thing. You know, occasionally complaining about Twitch. Words. Yeah, I'm I'm an overbearing parent without uh, with just fur babies as children. So that's that's sort of who I am. <laughs> um, and what have I been playing? I actually have been I, I reinstalled RimWorld. 
So uh, I saw, obviously, Chris was playing RimWorld. Um, so it, obviously, anytime he plays a, a single-player game, I immediately want to play it. Um, and so I reinstalled RimWorld. I spent about 40 hours over the weekend playing it. And uh, I'm really hooked on that right now, but I actually really want to play Surviving Mars. I've I was playing play that this week. It. it looks really good. And I also, I think like the week before that, I was playing a lot of Rise and Fall Civ Six, so yes. which I think is a wonderful expansion. Great game. Great game. Yep. It was, it was a perfect addition. Can't ask for more. Um, it, it added just enough to make me want to, you know, get back into it for another 50 hours, you know? So yeah, I thought it was lovely. Uh, you Civ people. On the subject of surviving Mars, yeah, I did notice there was a bit of there was a bit of similarity between certain parts of RimWorld and Surviving Mars, but they're definitely not yeah. by any means the same game. No. Uh, I was I played a bunch of Surviving Mars yesterday, and I get less of the Surviving Mars vibe because I get the impression they already know how to do that. Like they they've kind of got they've got that pretty much figured out. They they start off by not sending any people. They just send drones, which is sensible. And then they prepare the habitation and everything and the infrastructure to make sure that when your colonists arrive, they don't all just die. And then the colonists go into the dome and uh, do their thing, and everything seems okay. And then you build more domes and. The actual survival part of Mars hasn't kicked in yet. Like, mm. nothing dangerous has actually happened. I think the worst I ever got was a leak in one of the water pipes. Oh, so you haven't had, like, the... I don't know if this is spoilers or not, but you haven't had, like, the tornado go through your base or anything No, like I, have, I haven't had anything completely wreck my base yet. I know there were things like dust storms, cold waves... Yeah. That kind of thing. Meteor I had a meteor land, but it didn't hit anything. Uh, so outside of my metal factory breaking down at one point and me realizing I don't actually have the parts to fix this because I have no means to manufacture them on Earth, uh, on Mars, so I have to send a rocket from Earth with some parts. That was about the biggest threat that my colony has had so far anyway. It's felt more like a colony just a colony city builder sim so far than anything um, like sorry when you, when you started did you press the easy start button no Damn. Uh, okay. i just i just went with the regular but i they give you that choice of corporation to start with and the starter corporation seem like they give you a lot of leeway mm -hmm. and they probably turn the hazards down to low and all that kind of thing so you know if you were to pick one of the much harder corporations like oh i don't know paradox the actual games publisher funding your trip to Mars, you get like one rocket and $5.50 to build your base <laughs> with or whatever. Whereas with the yeah. International Mars mission, you get like $30 billion and all the rockets you could ever need and all that kind of shit. So well, there's, there's probably an element too. of that. Yes. Yeah. I actually, one thing I liked, as I haven't played it myself, because um, obviously it's not out until uh, two days from now. Indeed. But like I said, I was watching uh, Sakriel play it a lot. And one thing I really loved was all of the references to like sci-fi books and movies and shows and things like that. So, that. Um, you know, the Terry Pratchett quotes and Elon Musk references. And um, I think that they have one of the logos of the things you can put on the rocket is the don't panic symbol, yeah. which 
you know, a touch There's another one that's like Planet <laughs> Express and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure you put your own logo <clears throat> on it and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, as a city builder, it seems pretty neat. Like, you've got to play a bit of Tetris, basically, with your domes because they're very small. So mm-hmm. you have to be very careful about what you fit in them, particularly when you only have the basic starting tiny dome. Oh, it looks like the art is pretty simple, huh? Yeah. Very much so. It's quite clean, which is good. Yeah. Because uh, you can actually see what the hell's going on. I was going to say, you can actually yeah. see what the fuck you've got. <laughs> yeah. That's the always nice. The one concern I had with it was, I, and I don't think it's hit this yet, so this is just like a phantom concern, but I was worried that it was going to feel a lot like Skylines, where you sort of play 40, 50 hours, and then all of a sudden you kind of like hit like a, oh, there's nothing else there's to There's nothing really do. to do, yes. I've done everything mm-hmm. and it, and this game's yeah. easy kind of thing, yeah. So, and I don't think that um, like the, the games that, that I've seen played so far, I don't think that there's that really as a concern. I mean, even after 20 hours in the same round, um, Sakriel hadn't even unlocked everything in the research tree there's so, a shit ton in that research tree it takes quite yeah. a while uh, to to get through it it's yeah. it, it does seem like there's there's a lot more to it than as you said it just being cities skylines on mars which thankfully it doesn't seem to be um no, yeah. it'll be interesting to see the further along i go whether or not i end up running into problems like because right now it reminds me a lot of planet base which was honestly a game that i did one or two playthroughs of had essentially solved and not you know never really run into a massive problem in that game it's like oh well every threat that could come at me i now have everything i need to deal with it so Mm, this will never cause me problems so i'm basically done now like there's nothing else to do in the game Mm -hmm. um i'm hoping that it won't go too far down that route i think a lot of it will be start on you know maybe tweak your difficulty a little bit because the starting difficulty might be a little too low perhaps yeah uh, so it sounds, we'll it sounds like it was for you at least i mean like yeah, i said i think, I I think chris might just be cursed with bad like rng god perhaps you know, like maybe they hate him because he had all sorts of natural disasters happening and and random things yeah I had, I had basically nothing his batteries because if your batteries are all clumped together and then something hits that like a dust storm or whatever oh, hits you're fucked, a meteor, yeah. then you have no electricity and then nope. you know you power anything and then you die so yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i had then- the power go off once in my dome uh because i did uh, i'd sort of underestimated the or overestimate the amount of power production i had but then it's like oh well i'll just slap down two more wind turbines and i'll put a battery over here so that if that happens again i'll have enough stored energy for it not to happen again and i yep. did that and it was fine so and uh it never happened again but it's like oh yeah they your guys might be dying a bit of hypothermia and maybe get your power back on but i just I, the thing is you could turn off any building you've got so yeah. at that point i was like oh i actually only just need to turn this part this um factory off for a little bit and that'll give them enough power to get through this so i can fix up my solar panel or whatever but yeah it's it's not a bad little city builder i'll say that there seems like there's a lot going on with it especially in that research tree like, well, what did you a think lot of crazy the, stuff the the micromanagement though because i felt like watching it it seemed like it was a bit janky with how you had to micromanage the actual the like sort of the minor um, level rather than managing processes, you know, you're just I sort of... found, honestly, that the um, putting the specific specialized civilians at the specific places is something the game does pretty well automatically. 
And if you don't do it, it doesn't actually make that much of a difference. Because if you look at the overall effectiveness score of your workforce, even if they are like, oh, we're the wrong specialization and I'm drunk, it's still fine. Like they, yeah. they still seem to be completely capable of producing enough goods. Uh, I don't know. Again, that could be another thing where you've got to be at a much harder difficulty and they'll say, right, you need to start really min-maxing where your colonists go. But I didn't find that. I just found that like they'll, most of them go to the optimal place they're in and, yeah. and they should be. And then there'll be a few maybe that you have to move around if you want to. But they'll work wherever. They don't seem to care. I haven't had any of them get upset that I put, yeah. like, an award-winning geologist in the game store or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's, they, they seem just fine with that. Can we actually talk about the colonists for a second? Because I feel like their traits were kind of ridiculous. Like, I... I mean, it makes sense in RimWorld. Like, I don't mean to compare them, but with well, RimWorld, there is, there is you a definite comparison traits. to be made with the traits. They're very similar. Yeah, yeah, and but with RimWorld, it's like, oh, you have a you know a, a sociopath who's a workaholic, so it makes sense that they would avoid people and just work a lot. But they're also close to snapping all the time, um, and they kind of do the same thing in in um, Surviving Mars. But it also feels a bit like it's a bit different because with RimWorld, they crash landed on the planet. Yeah, so it's why would this accident. person be el eligible at all for yeah. a Mars mission? Yeah, like, and so like you get people from the tribes in Wormworld, so of course they're going to be weird. But like, I literally saw the character trait in Surviving Mars of a lazy hippie who doesn't yeah. like to work, and I was just thinking, how did you get approved for this mission? You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like there's the crazy people garden, that would never ever get to go. Yeah, yeah. Because so it's not like they give you a big choice of it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they weirdly they automatically it's it's like a non-issue anyway. I, I imagine it will become an issue later when you, maybe you start to run out of candidates. But yeah, initially it uh, deselects everybody that has a negative personality quirk, so you won't even get them on your colony. So it's completely right. irrelevant. Right. Maybe yeah. later they'll say, well, you have to have, you know, you've got to let them on, but. Surely later there'd be more people sign up to go to Mars that aren't yeah. shit. Yeah, we're scraping so, the bottom of the barrel here. So yeah, sorry, it's like we've ran out, sorry there's only 200 people guy. on the entirety of Earth <laughs> that are willing to go to Mars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's 30 of them are vegans. We can't let them go. So, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we'll just have to take the lazy psychopathic hippies or whatever. I, I don't quite yeah. understand that. It does seem like they put that in there because RimWorld has it. Uh, but... In the context yeah. of surviving Mars, which is, as you said, a much more official kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. That would there, there's no way those people would be within a hundred miles of a Mars mission. Like, no way. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. So it doesn't make that much sense in that context. Yeah. But of course, um, it's got to come out right out the gate with modding. So the first thing that will happen is they'll probably model that shit out and make it make a little more sense. Yeah, and maybe tweak the the micromanagement a little bit, make it a little smoother, things like that. Like yeah. I, I love it when games offer uh, modding right out the gate because it just means that like it's going to be a game that doesn't die, because yes. the community is just going to you know hype over it and then keep it alive for like years to come, which is great. Um, I also really liked how they had celebrities that kind of come yeah, in. Yeah, I've the got one of those. Ships. Yeah, and they can get like sponsorships. I was just thinking like, oh. Yeah, you get a bit of extra cash YouTubers if you have a. Might take over. Pretty much, you get a. I've got a celebrity medic 
and they they give me extra money because she's there. So I'm like, okay, sure, if that's fine, just great. Make me a little bit of extra cash so that I can buy the things that I keep forgetting to actually manufacture myself. And uh, it's like in my wonderfully efficient, self-sustaining colony, which isn't. But I don't know. It's it's good. It's it's a fun game. You know, I, I sunk a good six, seven hours into it yesterday. I was like, yeah, this is good. I can see this being a fun city builder. But yeah, maybe I start again and crank the difficulty up a bit. Or maybe I just get lucky up until a certain point, and then the game decides to fucking murder me. That's yeah. also possible, so we'll see. Yeah, it's usually right when you have everything set up to be perfect, and you're yep. like, yes, this is functioning like a well-oiled machine, and then poof, That's what it all yep. Always yeah. in this game. It's like yeah. a, a rocket full of precious metals ready to go back to Earth, and then it gets hit by a meteor on the way up. Like, all that yep. kind of bullshit or whatever. Yeah, we'll see. It, yep. but, it, but it's fun. As a city builder, anyway. As a survival game... Rimworld is probably what you want to be looking at at the moment, rather than this. Rimworld could be literally thousands of hours. Again, it has modding, and yeah. there are so many good mods out there for it. I haven't scraped at all any of the most popular mods. I haven't even begun, begun with them, so I could have Rimworld not installed from my computer for the next five years and still find new content on it. So. God, Rimworld is so depressing. <laughs> It's a little bit masochistic, I'm not going to lie. Dude, yeah. every, every time I've tried to play that game, I'm like, why does shit go so wrong? That's like the so fun part wrong, of it. It just goes super wrong immediately. Yeah. Like a turtle has gone mad and has just now made your surgeon blind. Like, yep. oh, awesome. Great. Losing you know, is fun is, that. you know, that's that game in particular. Wrongly disagree. No, <laughs> that's, that's the fun part. Just managing everything going to hell. Um, Shannon, have you played Subnautica? I played it really early on, like way back in early beta. Yeah. Um, I did not play it at full launch. I instead watched Chris play the whole thing and and, and scream like a little baby because he's actually got uh, I forget what the phobia is called. He like he's got he's got a fear of the deep and like, deep like yeah. yeah. So why the With fuck would you go and play that then? With good reason. Because he was trying to get over it. Actually, it really helped him. He was he was saying that he actually now wants to go to like a beach and go in the water. And so I think I'm not actually, sure a uh, beach is the same as the deep sea. No, it's not. <laughs> filled <laughs> with monsters and horrible things. Yeah. But um, well, yeah. well done. You know, he's going to the beach though. That's good. That's it, it's a step forward. It is it a is small a small step, but a step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been watching uh, Kraken play it. And okay. I've been watching Sam play it, and Kraken is like very scared of like stuff in the ocean. Is Sam um, too? I'm pretty sure Sam's mentioned that before. Sam is not at all. So the okay. difference in their streams is <laughs> fucking hilarious because I'll be I'll watch Kraken stream, and literally the whole time I'm watching Kraken stream, I'm like, oh, this sweet boy. Because Chad will be like, oh, you need to go you know, however far that way in order to get the part that you need. And it just gets darker and darker. And, and then darker. he's like, nope, nope, nope. And then he reverses. Yeah, yeah, he has a couple of friends that he'll like call up and be like, will you talk to me while I'm, <laughs> while I'm going into this area? And I'm like, oh, Craig. And so like, he'll get, he'll, he won't even get attacked by something, right? He'll like see it and be like, I can't, you know, and, and move away and just be like, I can't, I can't play How this. How do you and fight then, things that attack you in that game? Huh? Can you fight things that attack you? Yes. So 
Yeah. So Kraken will will see some of these things and be like, I'm fucking never going over there again. Like that's terrifying. And then I'll watch Sam's stream where he's like, what the fuck is that? And he like gets out of his super safe tube and like swims over to it and tries to scan it and like stab it. And I'm just like, the difference is wow. hilarious. Wow. So, uh, yeah. What it's, is Sam afraid of if not big, scary, hundred foot long monsters? In the I'm not revealing ocean. his secrets on this podcast. Oh, all right. Um, but it's spiders. It's spiders. The answer's <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's been really fun to watch people play that game. It makes me want to play it. And at the same time, I'm like, but am I too much of a baby? I'm not scared of water. I'm just like, I'm scared of being spooked by things. <laughs> I just don't want to play of being a game and be having like a perfectly fine time, just like enjoying the water and then have something attack me and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that game does fear really well because it doesn't really utilize jump scares. Like yeah. it builds things up, right? So you'll start to see the the light go out of the the, the ocean, and then you'll start right. to hear slow sounds like grow into a loud growl. Like it's it's all very gradual, and so yeah. I think that is it's, it's so well done. Why? why you... it. <laughs> it sucks. I'll never play that game. It's weird. No. Never gonna out. happen. Never gonna play it. Really no, good. I'm not. He's terrified no. of sharks and things of the deep. I am yeah. not missing out. I am the only thing. I'm getting more sleep. I'm gonna not have terrible <laughs> dreams. That's Great point. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So I was just curious because I know that sometimes you go super ham on survival games. So. Oh, I do, and I I, I do love watching know. it. Like I'm not. I could watch more people play it, but I think for me, I kind of draw, draw the line at being afraid as well in, in pitch black. For me, it's not about the ocean. It's just about the fact that I can't see anything. Yeah. So, and I can't kill things that are a hundred feet long. Yeah. When people so. talk about playing that game in VR, like the, the, oh, um, the deep blue oh, experience no. that came okay. out through VR that was that like three good? different levels of water. Yeah. Have I couldn't, one? I could not do the one where you're in pitch black and Sam was just like, huh, I can't see anything. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. okay. Like, so they gave me a flashlight, but I just, I can't see anything. And I was like, how are you not with the, with the teeth? Like when you see the teeth, come on, that's, that's yeah. poop your pants time. That's what that right. is. I couldn't do that final level for that reason. I, I yeah. let, I let my best friend do it. And I let Chris do it. And I was like, no, See, I'm just gonna watch you guys play it, and I'm just gonna be right over here sipping my coffee. It's all I good. I was a little, I was disappointed in myself because they do, they do like reward you for sticking with it, and you see like all of these beautiful lights and things eventually. But I was just like, uh, get it. I just, <laughs> like once I'm in VR, it's too, it's too real, it's too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope. <laughs> so. Nope. I'm in two minds about it, honestly. I don't know if I've got the time to invest. It seems like you need to put quite a bit of time into that game to really get anything out of it. In Subnautica? Yeah. Yeah, so it is maybe like a not. 100 hour kind of experience. Yeah, I'm not looking for that. I so think that's maybe great, not. though. The fact that it's like, you know, it's the one price tag and then you get like three digits worth of, of experience out of it, like in terms of hours. Oh, it's a good value buy, assuming that people yeah. like, you know, what the loop of what you're required to do yeah that's true 
cool. It seems like it's very story based, so it doesn't seem like it gets too like it's stuck exploring. in its own pattern. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you're tired of exploring and collecting and doing the normal survival stuff like gathering items and building out your base and all that kind of stuff and then maybe even building other bases elsewhere like if you're and doing the the research tree like it does have a lot of aspects to it it's a very in depth kind of experience and um, but if you, if you get ah! sorry best I could do <laughs> I couldn't let that one lie was that a deep sea joke it was good yeah it was I was thinking it, yeah we should, we should we should I should grab at that no one no one's going for that one nobody's picking I that up no okay I didn't even know I, I mean, made you- it. You went for it, so uh, someone had good. to. So no one was allowed to drop that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, what I was going to say is, um, um, it then if you get tired of all that, you can go back and do the story, and you can just progress that way. Yeah, it's good. It's got that option. Hmm. All right, Subnautica. Then was that? Uh, I think it might be time to talk a little bit about. Today's sponsor, Audible. Audible.com slash cynical is the place to go. If you'd like to get yourself a free audiobook, and free is always good. Alternatively, you could text cynical to 500-500. If you happen to be in the United States, that's all you need to do. Text cynical to 500-500. If you wish to get in on this particular offer, we do have a few recommendations for you, and some of them I think will be quite predictable. It's like, I recommend Warhammer, and Jesse recommends Star Wars, and then we get a sensible book from Dodger. But I realized I have not yet recommended the best Warhammer 40,000 book that has ever been written by anybody. (laughs) Anyone that has a passing interest in Warhammer 40,000, especially if they want it to be read by somebody who is very, very good at narrating Warhammer 40,000, in this case, Toby Longworth, who is fantastic at it. And that is Eisenhorn Book One Xenos, which is, I think the best way to describe it is a sort of Sherlock Holmes in space sort of setup, which doesn't really require a huge amount of knowledge of the 40K universe to actually enjoy it as a story. That's that's the nice little caveat about that one. There's a lot of Warhammer 40,000 stuff, and it's very, very good when it comes to the audiobook format. You know, good sound effects, generally very atmospheric, sounds great, and usually has a bunch of great narrators as well. But it requires quite a lot of knowledge of the 40K universe to get anything out of. Not the case with this, I would say. Mm. Very relatable story regardless. You don't have to know much about the 40K universe, and it's actually quite a good way to learn a bit about it if you are looking to get into it. So that'll be my recommendation, Xenos, and of course the other two books in the series, if you like them, are um, Malleus and Hereticus, which is book two and three of the Eisenhorn trilogy, and there's a new one coming very, very soon, I believe. Hmm. All right, let's have uh, the sensible pick. Dodger, your pick for an audiobook of the month. A Wrinkle in Time! A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, um, if you're like me and the movie is coming out and when you watch the trailer, you're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this book about again? (laughs) Um, I loved this book when I was younger and watching the trailer made me go, fuck, I need to reread this book, I think. Um, Everybody has said the movie's fantastic, so I'm excited to watch that, but I figured 
maybe it's time to go back and uh, and read Wrinkle in Time. But they've got it narrated by Hope Davis, who is an actress, and all of the reviews are like she does a great job of yeah. uh, of reading it, so or narrating it. And they've got a couple other people listed as narration voices, maybe for specific characters, which would be cool. So yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna dive into. Yeah, seeing the eight thousand ratings, an average of four point four. That's not too bad. Yeah. Yep, they that seem to like that one. Good. I want to read that actually. So there's Dodge's recommendation and Jesse. Hey, from a certain everyone. point of view is the name of this particular book. Yes, uh, this is a book that um, a lot, a lot of authors from around the world of sci-fi and fantasy have gotten together on. Uh, it is short stories, all from different perspectives in the Star Wars universe, from side characters or characters involved in a scene that weren't the main focus of it in a movie or previous uh, thing that existed. So literally, it's dozens of short stories. And so this audiobook kills it because it is a lot of actors and voice actors coming together to uh do this and so you have everyone from uh the actual like uh audiobook readers like january lavoie uh lavoie and uh um mark thompson who have done all the star wars books and then you also have like actor actors like john hammond neil patrick harris then you have voice actors like uh, ashley Eckstein, and so you have this entire cast of characters uh from out the star wars universe all together uh, giving little short stories about this world that I love. Oh, hold on. Neil Patrick Harris reads in this? Yep. Yep. He is on the list amongst wow. a lot of people, frankly. There's a I ton was, of people involved in this. Yeah. I was a little too busy staring at the fact that there's another Thrawn book coming out. So like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to read that one or listen to that one in this case. Or preferably I think, both. I think... I haven't gone to yet, but I think John Hamm is Boba Fett, which makes it even funnier for me. I don't know. I like. I'm really excited to see uh, all the different characters they have in here. They're literally uh, the short stories are like Qui Gon and Greedo, and you know, like all these characters that are just sort of there. But then also things like the droid in the background of a scene from the movie, and like yeah. what the hell he was that thinking is, about. It's a neat idea. It's There's hilarious. Like I love 40 this. Forty of them apparently. Forty short stories over the course of fifteen hours. One of the, one of the short stories that I actually like is just a random navy trooper, a guy who's just in the background of a scene. He's watching like the heads of the empire talking. He's like, "This is crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> these guys, they're doing crazy shit." I think it's I think it's really cute. There's a lot of stuff in it's here. Like, why, why, why do we have to call it the Death Star? Are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Wait, are we calling it the Death Star? The like, Death yeah, like Star. <laughs> it's really there's a lot of there's a short story uh, about Yoda. Um, there's oh, there's a bunch of different stuff in here. The Lando short story is really good. Um, it's it's fantastic. And then because it's read by some of the like not just I, not just people involved in Star Wars like the shows and stuff, but also like fans, and so it's really cool. That seems check pretty awesome. Out. I'll have to check that out. I think I'll pick that one up and you can get any book on audible just with a single credit and you can get a free audiobook over at audible.com slash cynical alternatively if you're in the united states you can text cynical to 500 500 to get your offer pretty much immediately and 
This is the largest selection of audiobooks in the world. You will not find a bigger one anywhere with a huge selection of authors and the absolute best narrators and a bunch of exclusive productions as well. Audible have actually started financing some of their own productions, which is pretty damn fantastic. So go and check that out. And if you prefer to read along, you can also, of course, use WhisperSync, which allows you to sync up your audiobook with the Kindle edition and simply use the Kindle app either on your Kindle or any smart device. So that's a pretty cool way of doing it as well. Personally, I listen to mine when I'm having breakfast on my Alexa app and simply listen to it through my Echo, which works pretty well. It's a good way to do it. Audiobooks. For those of us who don't have free hands right now, check out Audible. Go and have a look. Audible.com slash cynical for your free trial and free audiobook. We'll be right back after the break, folks. Don't go anywhere. More video games are a possibility, although not guaranteed. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the wonderful sounds of 6-2 Sounds with remixes from Castlevania and Mega Man 2. All available at ocremix.org. Pretty great. Dodge is probably muted, but who knows? No. no, no. He's just munching. Just Dodge is munching. Chewing, mastered the art of chewing quietly. I'm Impressive. eating raw tortillas, so there's Why? no sound. There's Why? no sound, really. Yeah. Is there any specific motivation for that? Or is that a thing? Or I was just criticizing her for this while we were... Yeah, Shannon was like, that's really <laughs> weird. And I was like, I've done it since I was a little kid. And she was like, that's fucking weird. But there's like some tortillas. What kind of tortilla did you get? Because there's some tortillas that are like, I think they're called, like Gero tortillas. Like one of the tortilla brands is like legit just delicious by itself. Like the tortilla is, itself. Yeah, it is that brand. It's the, I think it's like the, a, burrito, the burrito sized tortillas, flour tortillas. I think it's like a SoCal thing. They're like, I don't know. Who knows? They could be everywhere, but like, I've only seen them here and they're like, just good. They're just, I take those things, some cheese, some hot sauce, make myself like a little, like the quesadilla. quesadilla. Okay, a little quesadilla. That shit's delicious. That's just great perfect. quesadilla right there. That's there are people want. in chat saying they do it. Okay, it's so tortilla all, fried. <laughs> Well, I think because most of the time... Where's the butter? The time, Where's the, the, the hummus? Well, like, I mean, you generally don't butter a tortilla. I mean, I, I, I put butter okay. on pretty much everything, and I draw the line at tortillas. That's That doesn't seem quite right, but... But like a good but, tortilla... No, tell you is, try it. Like a good tortilla... That, that one place I like to go... Uh, shout out to Ortega120 in Redondo Beach. They have a little old lady who makes tortillas on this grill, and they serve them to you like fresh and hot... And yeah. it's like life changing. You you don't need anything on them because they're like perfect. That's the that's when that's you, like, you know that's when you know you're at the primo like food cart for tacos is if there's somebody just over there cranking out tortilla. You're like I can talk to you, yeah. And I stand I stand by this. The older the better. The older the old lady making the tortilla, <laughs> the better the tortilla is every time for sure. He's got the experience. Yes. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Every time, every time they're like, if she looks like she's barely able to stand making that shit, you know it's going to be like the best tortilla you ever ate in your life. And that goes for everything. Every single food, 
the older the no, better that's so true yeah it's food is an art and it definitely you you hone that craft with age mm. for sure yeah mm -hmm. all right no, just, what else we've been playing this week no, I, just I, have, I have a i have a food thing that i could talk about a food game a food game okay since we're talking about food look i like segues so um, all right what's the food game there's a little mobile game that i played took me about a day to beat it and it's called hungry hearts and when you first look at it, you're going to be like, this is Diner Dash, but with okay. a little old Japanese woman. It's not. It's like the chillest form of people come in and ask for food and you give them food kind of a game. Because the game isn't really about that. Um, the game is that there are a bunch of specific people that come into your restaurant and your food like through through serving them food you learn about them and so the goal of the game is to like give them food that reminds them of home or food that reminds them of a person in their life and then uh you unlock like more and more of their story and once their story is fulfilled then they never come back to the restaurant um so like it's it's just a bunch of tiny stories while you're you're also like trying to unlock you know a lot of different types of foods, but it's super chill. Sounds like a Jesse game. It sounds like really? a game in which you would eventually end up having your diner shut down because all your regular customers. I was regular gonna say, I'm not gonna tell anyone how to run a business, but <laughs> eventually... like, no, because the handyman and the workers anymore. they still come in because oh, okay. they don't have a story. Right. It's like <laughs> oh, it's well, just like where is everybody? I drove them off with understanding. <laughs> it looks very cute though because you play as a little old lady. And so you know the food's good. She's a little old lady, and the restaurant used to be run by her husband, but her husband can't run it anymore. So she's taken over. And so, like, there's, there's like, the old man that she's known her whole life who comes in, and he's like, your husband's food was better, right? Like, he's just, like, a crotchety old dude. Like, there's just all kinds of different characters that she's known forever um, that she, like, tries to help work through shit. And it's so, it's really simple. It's really chill. And it, like, I casually played it for a day and 100% of the game. Um, Did you know, just for the record, yes. that there are other games featuring this little old lady? That featuring that late. I know that the company has made a, a game about Odin. There's like a game called Odin Cart. There's one where it's a candy shop version where it's the same little old lady and she has a candy shop. Where kids come in to the candy shop and you help the kids out. There's a what? one and a two. Oh my god, <laughs> we're going deeper. Well, I'll, I guess we'll, I know what we're going to be hearing about next week on the show. Then. Oh my Just god, there's an Odin Cart two. What? I heard the Odin Cart games aren't great though, so I haven't I haven't tried those. I I, I really love what someone said in chat. Juzor, Jezor says th that's even more sad that the handyman don't have a story. How depressing. <laughs> like they're just the like every man that comes in. I was like, oh great, it's the disposable male. Don't have a story. That is a little depressing. Just slightly. What well, this old lady can't fix everybody's problems, okay? It's just this specific like seven people or so. This is also the, the pitch for this game, like the text is just 
it throws you like heartwarming curveballs at the very it's like experience a tale that'll warm your heart and your belly cook up a storm and expand your menu with old-fashioned japanese home cooking save up money buy upgrades for your diner meet a colorful cast of characters and listen to their stories and then and remember when the sun sets look up at the starry night and no matter where you are your special or where your special someone might be you can always share the stars. That's the end. That like comes out of nowhere. It is just like wow. Meet your friends and remember, no matter where your loved one is, we all look at the same moon. Like, yeah. wow. But remember, at night the werewolves come. <laughs> like what? A, yeah. What a crazy turn that took. I guess they're going for sympathy. We, we we've had quite a lot of that lately with restaurant related stuff. Didn't we have that last week with the whole run a restaurant as a cat? Summon the goddess, or don't. Oh, yeah. That's that <laughs> weird-ass description. Or don't. Or don't. Wow. I love it. Yeah, that was, that was high-quality stuff. There's a game coming out quite soon on mobile, which involves cooking. I'm not sure if you are a monster chef, or you are a chef that cooks monsters. I'm not sure which. I'm hoping it's kind of the former, that you are a monster who has decided to become a chef. But, though, I noticed it on the... They have a... I don't even know why. iOS now has a fucking pre-order section. Because you want to pre-order phone oh games, right? I don't, I don't know <laughs> why that's there. I don't know why it's there. I don't see the point. There's zero point. But this monster chef game was in that section. I'm like, well, that sounds like it could be fun, I think. But I don't know what it is, and also why you try to give it a pre-order a mobile game. I don't understand that. So I guess we'll wait till that thing comes out to find out if it's any good. It's really funny. Oh dear. I was playing um, Fable Fortune. Speaking of things that could be on and probably will be on iOS at some point. Uh, it's boring. It? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's It suffers from the same problem that anything that's trying to be Hearthstone suffers from, in that mm -hmm. I've already played Hearthstone, and you're not right. different enough to make me want to play you instead. Uh, that's, <clears throat> that's the main problem with it. Like, the game is so fucking similar to Hearthstone in pretty much every way, with a couple of Fable-like things that happen. Like, you, get, you start the game with a quest... You completely, which is like play two minions or whatever. You complete the quest and you choose whether to upgrade your hero power with a good version or an evil version. Mm. And by by going like either good morale or evil morale, certain cards transform. Like you can get the dog from Fable Two, and it can either be a good dog or a bad dog, and they have <laughs> different stats and abilities. Yeah. But that's like that's basically the only difference between that game and Hearthstone. It is otherwise the same thing with Fable characters. And really, I can't remember much about Fable characters. It's like, oh, that's a chicken. Isn't that funny? There was a chicken in Fable. Like that, the references are not good enough to make me think, oh, I would like to really get in on this theme. You know. The Warcraft theme makes sense. Star Trek theme makes sense. But fucking Fable? Nah. Fable is one of those franchises that just like lingers. Like people are 
purposefully keeping it alive for reasons I still don't know. That's and I don't know bad. if it's just like rosy colored goggles of the past of what like Fable 1 was, but yeah. there were other Fables that were not as good. And so I just don't, I just don't know. Man, I just don't know. I think when Fable became more of like a GTA 5 kind of experience, I was just like... Uh, you've, been, you've gone super quiet all of a sudden. I'm not sure why. I don't know if your mic's too far away from your mouth or whatever, oh. but... Uh... Can you hear me now? It, like, uh, her her volume starts off low, and then as she keeps talking, it gets louder. Yeah, so which is like a bit strange. Because I was speaking underneath my breath. Maybe. A bit. All right. Good. <clears throat> well, hopefully that fixes itself. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Fable. Um, I know they're working on another full-on Fable game, I heard, which is probably a good thing. I mean, Microsoft doesn't exactly have many of those exclusives at yeah, the moment it could do with it fable the original fable even though it wasn't everything that peter molyneux promised was still a good game fable 2 was a bit short but it was good fable that, 3 not so much do you think fable is a strong enough property to like sell well now i think well, it is if you make know. a full full size one and you don't do what they've tried to do with it which is spin the franchise off into a card game or a four versus one dungeon crawler which they tried to do right. or their connect game like fable the journey or whatever they tried to do if they stop pulling that shit and just say this is fable Four, a full-sized action rpg in this world then i think people will buy it i feel like this is a game that needs a strong reboot like just a fable just like because to me what what all this and i think tv's right what all this smells of to me is they had a Fable 1, it was awesome. They had a Fable 2 and a Fable 3. Didn't do 3 especially. Didn't do nearly as well. And there was a desire by someone or a group of someone's to, we, like, we want more, we want to create more Fable. We want to make more Fable. And they tried to make it with that game that was like the boss. Yeah. Like 4v1. Uh, Fable Legends, it, I think they called it. The thing is, yeah. yeah and, the thing is, that was sad thing. That, that game was good. Like, it shouldn't have been a Fable game. That, right, and, and the fact and they, that that game got cancelled actually sucks, but mm -hmm. never mind. And so, and I feel like what it all screams of is we want to keep Fable going, but no one's willing to invest the money and resources needed to make, to make a, a full one actual Fable game. Yeah, but people love it enough within the company that we want to keep it going, but no one wants to take the chance. Which is they just need a hard reboot, like a Fable. I one. think you're right. You know, does anyone actually really remember the plot of Fable? Like. It's not, it's pretty forgettable, let's be honest, but yep. the idea of it, you know, Fable as a world is totally doable if you just reboot the concept and change, you know, just change everything around, it's fine. It's not like there's a lot of characters that I think people are attached to in Fable, they just like the way Fable played. It was like, it, it's a fantasy RPG, it doesn't take itself too seriously, it's got the sort of weird romance element, the ability to buy houses and do uh, so like some silly shit kick chickens, you know, get the chicken kicking record and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it was just silly. You know, it was a generally whimsical fantasy RPG. And we that could we do... could do with one of them, actually, I think. Yeah, it let you do a bunch of things that at the time RPGs didn't let you do. It was all no. about, like, grinding XP and, and killing bosses and shit. And this was like, you can, like, build stuff and run things. And, and I think that's a concept that... Well, if you want. Yeah, if you want. And yeah. I think a lot of people did want that. And I yep. yeah. they wanted the ability to be a rebel. Mm -hmm. Yep. You could you know, there there was a there was a lot of fun stuff in Fable One. I have fond memories of that game, but uh For sure. 
not not fond enough to make me say, oh, I love the franchise, because I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the franchise enough to play a fucking card game that's in it, because I don't. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know <clears throat> why they decided that was a good idea. I don't think it's going to do very well. The only reason it, I think it's got any chance of having any legs is that it's also an Xbox, which has a limited selection of CCGs available to play. And it does mm-hmm. have cross-play, so even if the PC version is dead on arrival, which it probably is, then you can still cross-play with Xbox players, and there'll be some of them. But outside of that, no, I mean, I'm not going to play it. I you know, played a few rounds of it, and I was like, this is just entirely too much like Hearthstone. I cannot be bothered with it. Yeah, and, and again, it goes to a lot of the games that are similar to Hearthstone is somewhere someone in a company got the idea that like, well, you know, there's a lot of people who love Hearthstone, but they also love our thing. Yeah. So if we can combine Hearthstone with our thing, but it's like... They don't do love they your thing as much as you think they do. You know, you, yeah. you could also make a good game that goes along with it. I think Elder Scrolls Legends is different enough. And also, the Elder Scrolls franchise is long and storied, and people care. Yeah, and people to this day still buy Skyrim enough; they buy it on way too many consoles and way too many releases. So, like yep. that has legs, and you can sell that shit. It, it, it the amount of other things, the other IPs that are coming out with the card games similar to Hearthstone is just like I imagine somewhere along the line they're like, "Well, it's easy. We just like put a bunch of fucking cards together, and it's a card game done." I, I, I don't know. I don't know what people are thinking, but. That's why I don't make games. Yeah, I think that's why we're going in the direction of Artifact, which is nothing like Hearthstone, with a completely different business model and everything like that. Like, it is about time. Mm. There are enough disenfranchised Hearthstone players that you could populate another card game that was sufficiently different but competitive. This obviously isn't it, but Artifact might be. I mean, you know, it's fucking Valve. People are not going to ignore it as much as... They're trying to pretend, oh, card game, where's my Half-Life 3? People are going to play this a lot. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to make money. Well, it's, there's no question. Every FIFA game ever, and yet they get millions of users, so... And millions and millions of dollars a year in fucking Ultimate Team Packs and shit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. A strong so there is, a, there is a demand for it, it just isn't us. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly it. It is a I'm, different demographic entirely. I'm fascinated, but I'm really curious what the numbers for Hearthstone look like, especially with the new expansion they announced yesterday coming out. You think they're dropping um, off, or I know I don't I don't know that they're dropping off. I imagine it's it like I don't think there's a drop, but I would imagine over time there has to be a decline, right? I think it's I would peaked. think so. Sorry. Sorry, no, all I'm saying is I think it's peaked. Has it gone? I mean, I honestly don't know. I like. I feel like eventually it has to go down because uh, just based on the the way card games are, like you're into it, you're spending money, and then you, at some point you realize like, I spent too much money on this and I'm moving on to something that isn't this. Or you grow out of it. Like there's just phases and I, I'm curious what the numbers look like i'm not i don't even i wouldn't even guess that it's like a steep decline and i wouldn't guess that it's a drop off i just think eventually we would see a trend that over time it would go down and then i wonder where those people go like i'm really curious where they end up at if they want more a hearthstone game we're just tired of it yeah well um 
I mean, I think we would all agree that Hearthstone was the catalyst for so many other games making standalone card games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It has to do with whether or not they want something that's like Hearthstone, but gives them something new, or if they want something completely different. Like if like the ratio of people who stopped playing Hearthstone and instead played like Gwent, right? Like what? There's, I'm curious on that. Uh, I, I think that Hearthstone in particular, it's and just card games, digital card games, are hard to transition from one to another, not because they're mechanically d- different. If anything, they're very mechanically similar. But it's down to the fact that who the fuck wants to pay for another collection of shit you can't then sell afterwards? Right. You know, if I played WoW TCG, oh, at least I could have dumped my collection... You know, I could have sold it once I was done when people finished well, with magic. Right now. And you're making a fortune. The, the yeah. cards in that game are selling for a ton. Well, on, yeah. unscratched ones anyway for the in-game loot, yeah. But like with magic, I could dump my collection and I'd get some money and then I could get back into it later maybe. As it stands, <laughs> I have thousands of dollars worth of fucking Hearthstone cards on an account that can't even use them outside of wild play. And I don't want to buy, you know, I don't want to spend $400 on the next expansion. I I think that might even be why the actual development is leaning towards putting a single-player component in every expansion, Mm -hmm. just to try and get people to come back. Because I know I came back for Kobolds Mm -hmm. to play that dungeon run mode. I didn't spend any money. But I imagine a portion of people that came back off the back of that got back into the game and started spending money again. Yeah. Which is why was, they're doing a, another one of those with the latest expansion. That was a fun mode. It was, it I was thought good, it was yeah. short. Like, after a while, I was like, all right, I did that. That was cool. And then moved on again. But, uh, yeah, I understand why they keep doing stuff like that. And I definitely think that's the key to keeping people playing is creating single-player content. Yeah. Well, I don't think that... Um a strong esports presence is going to really keep people interested in Hearthstone. At least it doesn't seem no. to have really done. Oh, I, I agree with that. I was at the, the convention seeing, I was yeah. at uh, this past weekend had a huge esports component to it, and Hearthstone was one of the things there. Uh, the Hearthstone tournament had maybe like four rows of seats, and then yeah. it wrapped up Sunday morning. And all the other tournaments, even like Melee, was still huge crowd. People were going crazy. And Hearthstone was just an empty stage for the entire day because they were done. Sure. Because like right. that was the number of entrants and they finished. So it's like, oh. Esports-wise, Hearthstone's clearly not growing. I mean, you can just look at the numbers whenever it does a tournament on Twitch to see that. It's still an enjoyable enough to watch game, but oh, yeah, I, I remember when Hearthstone dominated the front page of top games. It's still in the top five right now. Like, it's still... And that's yeah, impressive. We're saying, we're for a game that old. Stuff but it's still doing really well. <laughs> yeah, for a game that old, it is still doing pretty fucking yeah. well. It's still a very watchable game, that's why. It's yeah. still a very fun game to watch from a first-person perspective. it's a very the playable tool- game as well, too. Like, that's yeah. the key. It's very relatable. It's genius to play it. It's yeah. like, it's visceral. You understand what to do immediately, and then it takes forever to master. But, like... Yes. You can see it even, right off the bat. Even the people who are really, really good at it and stream it. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I saw Trump or, like, Hafu. Hafu's streaming Hearthstone. it right now. Uh, Is she? she yeah, <laughs> she's Never doing mind. arenas. Oh, um, Trump, 
Trump's well, been in and off. The, that's the same thing with, with like TB and I though. Like everyone has to start somewhere. And if you're like Hoffa and all, like that was Hearthstone was their shit and we had WoW. And yep. at a certain point, to keep your career going, you can't just be that thing. No, but you sure. can't tie your success to a single game like that. I know, and Trump has definitely gone out of his way to expand beyond that. I, yeah. And he's good enough at card games and strategies to do that. Uh, Kraparian, obviously, I imagine, has also expanded. He's very, very good at Diablo-like games and such, as so he can get views that way, but he still gets really good views when he plays Hearthstone as well. It's a it's a good game to keep in your back pocket as a streamer if you're I good enough. I still play well. It. Like it, it, you know, it's shit. It, it's just one of those things. that's like, as a streamer, you can understand why people would move away from it. But yeah, yeah I tell me. The vast majority of people are not streamers, and so I'm interested in that mentality of sticking with it versus leaving. What you would go to if you're still into car games? If you're done with car games, I would just yeah, I don't know about man, that. Be like, the video game research council. Can I run that? Can I just create go for this? It. Yeah, yeah, you studies? create it. Go for it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I wanted I just want information. I love that shit. I want infographics. If I could just have someone produce me infographics all the time, I'd be happy. Dude, I'm with you. I love infographics. I want, <laughs> I want information. I want Venn diagrams. I want all of it. Just Pie give me pages in that Do it. I love it. Yeah, I don't know where they go. Uh you know, I know that one or two went to Gwent and I don't know if they stayed there, but I haven't seen anybody else sort of sticking with it. And a lot of them have said, well, we'll play some Hearthstone, but we'll do some Slay the Spire on stream or something like that, because that's entertaining. And yeah, it, it is. But competitively, no, I I, I don't think... And it's got to mostly be a cost thing, right? I don't think people move card games, digital card games, that often. How could you justify it? How could you justify the cost? I mean, I was looking at it at one point thinking, maybe I should get into this. And I'm like, what's the point, though? Because I know I'm going to quit at some point, even though that's kind of a stupid way of looking at it. It's like, I know no, I'm going to quit at some point. I see that shit. I, when I'm I do, you. I'm going to fucking regret all of the money that I spent on this non-existent imaginary shit. <laughs> which is what Hearthstone cards are. They have no fucking value. All these microtransactions end up being utterly useless. I feel like I feel like the people who get into Hearthstone now, um, now that it's like it doesn't have that initial new game shininess to it, um, they're probably gonna be the type of person that has lots of hours per week to spend, and they're just looking for something to fill that time for like an indefinite period of time. So it doesn't appeal to you because you just your time is so limited and you need to do so much with your with you know the time that you have available but i feel like it, maybe it's you know single people or you know people yeah. with disposable Students. income i mean yeah. hotstone is expensive it's an expensive fucking game if you get in right now ridiculously yeah. so yeah i feel I, the fact that i relate to utb on this so much i think I think this has to be some sort of like Warcraft syndrome. <laughs> yeah, Vent, you spent years, massive sunk cost. Yes, complex. grinding for awesome gear yeah. to only have it be worthless the next expansion. And after doing that so many times and doing that same thing over and over again, you realize like all of the achievements and all the things I'm buying in games, it's nothing. It's if 
It's it's like dust. It means I'm nothing. I'm wasting my yep. time. Oh. Yep. Okay. Someone just mentioned something really, really um, important in chat. They're asking whether or not Valve will allow trading artifacts. Now, could you yeah, imagine they are. if Blizzard uh, had a marketplace for Hearthstone cards? And that, that you could actually like make money back the way that the way that Total Biscuit was talking about mm -hmm. selling his magic cards when he was done with it. Imagine if you could get something back, even if it was like a percentage less. That's for the exactly what they're doing. Time and it. money that you would put into Hearthstone. Well, My wasn't that like, what they I mean, tried to do with Diablo and like the world hated it? I to some extent, yes. Yeah, that, like an auction house of some description. Yeah, Bl and, and, like, Blizzard, Blizzard have been burned on that one a bit. Before. Yeah, and yet they loved it in World of Warcraft. You could, well, WoW seemed to be okay with it, and <laughs> uh, evidently Diablo wasn't. They they got burned pretty hard on the auction house concept, but we know for a fact now because they've talked about it, a fact that yeah, it's going to be heavily built into Valve's trading economy, and you're going to be able to buy, trade, and sell all of the stuff that you have, and that's great. The thing is that Valve already has the setup for that. And they've had it set up for fucking years. And it Blizzard is way behind on that particular thing, if they even wanted to do it. And honestly, their current business model is just milk the shit out of Hearthstone for as long as possible. Yeah. And that seems to still be working fairly well a few years down the line. Yeah, we it's can complain all we well. want about the cost and people can leave, but if people are still buying large amounts, you know, even, even if they're just, and I say just, spending $60 on the pre-order every couple of months on the expansions, that's still fucking regularly hundreds of dollars a year that has been given to Blizzard for Hearthstone cards. Mm -hmm. So they're doing just fine. They don't need a trading anything. You know, it would be very consumer-friendly if they had it, but they're never going to implement it in a million years because they could still continue to milk this model. I'm hoping this is the final time. I hope this model dies. I really do. Uh, I think uh, years ago, I defended this model as being like, well, it's like regular card games. Like, this is how it's always been. And now in 2018, I wonder if it's like, no, it sh shouldn't be, should it really? And also, it's now no longer the only model. You know, there are different models, like living card games, which are much better value. So I think we should hopefully see more of that. Oh. So fuck Hearthstone's too expensive. <laughs> is the conclusion there? In the end, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I, I I'm I'm eager for the for the few I'm gonna call them elite players because they are who are like I haven't paid anything, and I also float and I'm a vegan. <laughs> Those people are like. Good for you, man. I'm so proud of you. Well done. That's not the rest of us. No. <laughs> no, it is not. Yeah. Well, that's a whole lot of bragging that's just like, no. It's like, who, you, who are you going to play against? Everyone else has left now because they were sick of how expensive the game was. <laughs> I it happens in mobile myself. games all the time. Yeah, it does. I just I can't get sucked into any of those mobile games now for that very same fucking reason. You could play some Hungry Hearts. Mm, I could. Fortnite. I now. could summon the goddess or not. Oh yes, Fortnite on phones. Yeah, that's that's oh, a thing yeah. that's happening. That's a big announcement. Yep, that's. They also they also announced cross platform. Right? Yes, they did. Yes. You'll actually be able to play. It's the first battle royale that's cross platform. So. 
Yep, you yep. can use your phone to play against PC users if you want to. You can apparently opt into that. I can't imagine why you ever want to do it, but you can do <laughs> you it. You know what? I'm actually in favor of that for uh, for one reason. I think Ninja needs a nerf. So if we make ah. him play on mobile and everyone else play on PC, then it's going to be a level there playing game. It's so. fair enough. Be but yeah, they needed story. a mobile version because, you know, there's, there's a mobile version of PUBG in China and all that kind of thing. So. Yeah, they're not happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, you seem yeah, no, skeptical. Speak, speak, speaking of studies... I'm really curious when the tipping point was of, oh, this Fortnite thing, it's like PUBG, that's stupid, to everyone's playing Fortnite, and Fortnite <laughs> is on the cover of magazines and shit, and everyone's uh, like, this is the new hotness, and it's, I want to know There were when two everyone... specific points that I can yeah. identify when that happened. The first one was when it came out on console before PUBG. At which point it absolutely fucking crushed in terms of new player acquisition, especially considering it's free. And the second one was when Epic spent all the money on Twitch with one of the biggest fucking promos I've ever seen when it comes to basically buying the whole site at that point. Huge amounts Fortnite of giveaways, drops. Two, two brand deals. I don't even like play those types of games. They've offered me five. Like, yes, five brand deals is what they've offered me. I haven't taken a single one of them, but they they have reached out to fucking everybody. That's what I'm saying. Hey, it's a business model that works. Yeah, it does. It does, especially for a game like that. You know, it's got to be a watchable game. This is a prime, beautiful, golden egg example of why game developers should do sponsored arrangements with streamers. Yeah. If and I feel like you have the right kind of game for it. That's true. That's, yeah. Don't think it works all the time. Um, no, Fortnite, I think, is really. a very watchable game. It's, you know, you it's... You also have to have a game that's not shit. Let's that just helps. Put that, that's yes. not gonna, there's yeah. not going to be any longevity there for you if your game sucks. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you know, no. if your game is shit and you still want to give me money, I will <laughs> play the fuck out of it. Yeah, he'll do it. That's fine. I'll play that game. Yeah. It's, it's got to be the right kind of game. Like, you know, it's going to be very watchable, which Fortnite is. You know, it's yeah. good good format for that. You know, the constant tension of, you know, you, once you're dead, you're dead. It's colorful. It's clean. It's clear. You can clearly see what's going on. It works well for streamers. So they did well there. But they, they threw a lot of money. You know, there's a reason why yep. Ninja made as much money as he did getting all of these subs and everything. They threw a shit ton of money at Twitch, like more money than most companies could possibly afford to to get that promo out there. And they brute forced their way in many ways, well, but simultaneously, they're also free and better to watch than PUBG. So, yeah, well, I mean, like, I think that it, I, I think that the comparison between Fortnite and PUBG goes very deep. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about there. It would take forever to unpack. But just about the promo side on its own, there, that, was, that was a multifaceted promo deal. Like they they bought ad space on the front page, right? So they yep. had the they bought the the window, the skins, all that stuff around everything that you'd see when you go to the landing site. But then also they obviously did the sponsored arrangement. But then they also did the Twitch Prime, which of course is still going on right now. And that yep. whole that was I mean, I I I don't even have words that I can say for the mania that the Fortnite Twitch Prime sponsorship thing has caused. It is actually insane. And it, it what's crazy is that it's it's gone like 
outside of the realm of Twitch. There are people who've never even had Twitch accounts that don't care about Twitch and never even have watched anything to do with Twitch that are hearing about this this arrangement from YouTube. And they're coming over to Twitch and, and they're making an account and they're connecting it all and they're getting all their stuff. And and I mean, like, it's kind of a win-win for Twitch as well because now Twitch is, is benefiting off of the millions upon millions of players that Fortnite has. What do they have now? Like 40 million or something like that? Right? Something absurd like that. I mean, it helps when it's completely free and runs on a toaster. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. It, uh, in terms of, like, uh, I, I asked my uh, son about this yesterday, actually. And so I asked him, like, are you not playing Fortnite? Like, do your friends play Fortnite? I was like, yeah, all of my friends play Fortnite. That's pretty much all anybody talks about at school. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and why it Why not? demographic, yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't it? You know, it's yeah. it's free, whereas yep. PUBG is not. It runs on a toaster, whereas PUBG does not. It's it's obvious and it, art style. Yeah, yeah it's art very style. obvious yep. as to why it would do well in that demographic. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's fast. I'm from a business standpoint. Yes, I don't think there's any other way that you could have done this because you're right. When you look at the similarities, perfect. When it's the game perfect. came out, everyone who was like full on PUBG was like, "Look at this! This oh, game is PUBG." They, were they shitting probably, on it. So. Yeah business-wise the only thing the only option you have you can't just release a game and hope people take to it you have to pummel people with it and be like this is better look at this and throw it everywhere and that's exactly what they did like from a business standpoint oh they did yeah they nailed it like that's yeah. the way you market a game like that yeah it really is up. one of the most flawless examples of marketing i have ever witnessed in the game industry Absolutely. It's it's actually nuts. I mean, the it, thing is, is that it's a good I don't job really they like had enough compare... money to pull that off because yeah. not many companies could. It's true. Well, when you're Epic Games, you know, yeah. Um, that's the thing, too, is that I don't really like to compare the games themselves because I do think that they are completely different experiences. And so I agree with the sort of like more middle ground of that. But when you compare the business approach, when you compare the the development approach to to roadmaps and updates and fixing bugs and things like that not yep. talking about the content of the game whatsoever uh talking about about the approach to loot crates that they both do like well loot crates but you know items that you can that you can get the fact that yes you can pay for for lots of cosmetics in both games but like fortnite br is free and then you have the option to pay for all the whatevers. Whereas mm -hmm. with PUBG, you're paying for the game and then you're also paying more for the cosmetics. Like, eh, you know, like there's there's a lot that everyone could learn from Epic and Fortnite. Yeah, there's also a lot people can learn from player unknown battlegrounds of what not to do from a PR standpoint. That's absolutely they, true. And they they were like on top of the world and then they open he had to open his damn fucking mouth. There was no reason, and no one was going to feel any sympathy for him when he came out and whined about Fortnite and whined about everything else. And yeah, originality, yeah, copying. It's like, yeah. Wait, hold on. I don't think that was him. I thought that that was. There were the, two separate hole. people. There was the exec from Blue Hole. He did it as well, and okay. he also did it in an interview quite some years ago. Like, um. I've said this for a while, Player Unknown is actually kind of obsessed with the idea of copying ideas and being very against that, despite the fact that that's exactly what he did in order to, you know, make this game in the first place. Like, I sorry, but you didn't write... 
I don't think you wrote Battle Royale, mate. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, it's it's not just that. He's actually, I'm pretty sure he's said it in a couple of, at least early on interviews that, like, during the Arma 3 BR days, that the inspiration was actually, I mean, yes, there's Battle Royale, the the, the book and the movie, and there's Hunger Games. Yeah. But his inspiration was specifically from Survivor Games, the Daisy Esports. Yeah, and, and if that were the case, well, you know, he didn't make all of these survival games, and also that shit was in Minecraft before it was in armor, so don't get me yeah, started on true. that they either. Their, Even if one. you did, did believe it. Didn't they do, like, um, they did esports, like, community events for for the Battle Royale that was in oh, yeah. um, Minecraft as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there were a lot of Minecraft Battle sure Royales and Hunger Games. games. Yes, yeah. they did. They absolutely did. There's no question yeah. about it. You know, and like this was in a PC gamer interview years ago when he was talking about, oh, make your own thing. Don't copy other people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, th there was the blue hole guy and there was him as well. And it's just, it makes you look, you know, you don't mention your fucking competitor. This is basic PR 101. You don't mention the opponent by name. Yeah. And you certainly don't say, oh, they're copying us, but they're free. Don't tell people that! It's free, you say? There are so <laughs> many people playing this free game! Why aren't you just playing God. their version of our game, but it's free? And it runs on a computer that doesn't cost $10,000. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe not, don't do that. But, yeah, I mean, PUBG is not going to die anytime soon. There's no doubt about that. No. It's still no. absurdly popular. Let's be honest. Like, but a yeah, lot, it's lost really its number game. one position in the market. And it's their yeah. fault. Yeah, I do uh, think that this is going to wind up turning into a long-running joke, though, because every time something good happens with Fortnite, everybody's like, "But it's not like PUBG has to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. Like they're fine. So what the fuck is their problem?" Well, and it's like what we were saying about Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, eventually something's going to happen where we're going to start to say that and then laugh because, like. <laughs> Because, like, they actually maybe do have to worry about yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, you could have said uh, that about January. H1Z1 for quite a while. It's like, oh, it still has 100,000 concurrent players. It's doing just fine. Well, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's still actually doing okay, but they had to go free-to-play. So it's not doing anywhere near as well now. It's out of the top 10 on Steam now, which you know, it's down to 27,000 concurrents. Yeah, it's dying off. For, for PUBG? Uh, I'm talking about uh, H1Z1. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. PUBG no, is still the top on Steam. <laughs> it still has 807,000 current players on Steam right now. How many of those are Chinese bots? We don't know, but it has quite a lot of people. Let's just put it that way. I mean, like, like, yeah, I just don't... It's it's like what I just said about, about Hearthstone. Like, you know, we, we sit there and we criticize it and we say, oh, it's, you know, it, it's hit its peak. That's That's enough for it. But we can't really. It's not a failure. It's not it's dead. Not dying. It's no. Not no. A twitch. Like not even it's, close. It's, it's like being, you know, in a massive mansion, and and you know, your life is perfect. It's just like, oh, but I didn't get that that knighthood as well. You yeah, know? I wasn't like, number no, one no. in the charts this it's week. I only have fun. several platinum albums. You know. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like every time you see one of those videos is like this YouTuber no longer super successful. Like, bro, they're doing just fine. <laughs> they, they, they are just they're fine. Go, they're still getting millions of views. Like, but they're not getting tens of but, millions. But I, I went on social blade. I went on social blade, so I know all your finances. Inside out. I've seen your tax returns for the last five years. I know what's going on here. 
So yeah. what what do you mean you have external sponsorships? What do you mean those sites don't mean shit? I don't know. Yeah. Oh dear. I did see I did see an article that was talking about the statistics of sales with PUBG and it said that in January it was the first most month that it posted a decline in sales and uh, you know obviously It's dying. It's dead. Oh, it's dying. It's like no, Don't invest in that game. It's already on. dead. They're doing it's it's the same thing that happens every time there's any big rush to do something uh, with MMOs or MOBAs or now like Battle Royale games. It's like, oh no, the big one is failing. Like, no, there's just about 20 other games in the market sharing it with it now. Like, yeah. settle it down a little bit. It's okay. It's doing just fine. Yep. Just fine. You know, another game is doing just fine. It's got rats in it. It's called Vermintide 2. Oh, I thought you meant bad rats. I thought you were doing a callback to bad rats. rats. I was like, bad rats? Definitely not bad rats. That's not doing fine at all. But Vermintide 2 is doing very well. It sold over half a million copies in a week, which is quite a lot of copies for a game like that. It's doing quite nicely. It's also very good, as it happens. Enjoyed my Enjoy my time with it. I know Strippen's been playing it. I've been playing it. I played it with Sin Victor. We did a bunch of runs on that. It was good stuff. I know Dodger was involved in it. And she's just staring at the screen like nothing's happening. <laughs> rat game. Rat game. Rat you know game. A, you know Vermintide. a game with rats in it. It's Vermintide. You are well aware uh, of this. You've been tweeting about this. It. I know. But Strippin has, and you've become a, a mascot of some sort. I, I am the, uh, yeah. Uh, his chat was uh, role-playing as Skaven. As you should. Because they they turned on the Twitch integration, right? So uh, they made it so that chat was Skaven, so they were choosing what they would like to do with their awesome. almighty Skaven powers. Um, and it was determined that uh, all choices that they made were for the Doog Mother, <laughs> which if you if you look up Skaven Brood Mothers, it's really gross. There's just like a ton of super fat yeah, rat much. ladies who just have millions of rat babies and that's all that they do. Um, so I was like, well, if I'm going to be super fat over here just having a million babies, you can at least feed me man flesh. And they were like, <laughs> great. So that's what it became. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of Skaven currently in my chat. That just yeah. happened. Oh, dear. It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I made a mistake mentioning that, apparently. The game <laughs> itself is pretty fucking good, as it turns mm. out. You got rats and you got chaos this time, which is a nice little addition. It's a yeah. lot harder than the last one, as far as I'm concerned, because there's a shit ton more you have to deal with. And they also took the easy mode out, which apparently upset some people. It's a bit mm. more gear-dependent. I'm in two minds about that. I don't know if I like it or I don't like it. Uh, to some extent, I think uh, with the original game, they specifically said we didn't make this game with loot in mind, but then realized, oh, people like loot and we have a loot system. We should probably try and make the loot system less terrible. Right. Because people are not enjoying getting loot that is awful that they can't use. So they did some stuff, and then with Fermentide 2, it's like, okay, people like loot. We are going to have to accept that, so we're going to have to put a proper loot system in the game with power ratings and shit like that, which means now that the higher difficulty levels are a little loot dependent, you know? Whereas before, it certainly fucking helped, but you could definitely beat the higher difficulty levels with, you know, not-so-great weapons. I don't think that's true this time, 
but I think the game was going that way and the loot is fun. You know, there's a good variety of it. I have this little fucking knife, which is basically a letter opener, but I move really fast with it. And you think, oh, that makes me a rogue, right? No, I'm, the, I'm actually the fire mage. And instead of setting things on fire, I'm just running around stabbing everything in the neck with this fucking letter open. It's like, TB, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm really fast. You don't understand. I'm just chopping heads off with this fucking thing. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I wasn't able to do that in the previous game. I feel like I've got a lot more choice now, which is actually pretty neat. I'm not stuck to just standing at the back throwing fireballs at things, which is good. I feel but. like um, the thing visually for me that's the weirdest in that game is the jumping puzzles to get the books. Yeah, they're in the like, first one as well. And they, I don't know, it's it's a bit of an odd system. Like, you know, they wanted that optional difficulty thing. And they right. nicked that straight from Left 4 Dead with the gnomes, if I recall correctly. Where there was the optional thing where you bring a gnome to the end. Mm. In this, you actually gained a genuine benefit for doing that. But yeah, the, the, finding a lot of the tomes and the grimoires does involve doing jumping puzzles and also remembering where they are. I can never fucking remember where those bastard things are. Not in a well, million years. And and even if you do remember where they are, like, you don't... <sighs> the things that you're supposed to be jumping on, typically, you don't actually land on that thing, right? Like, the box of where you land is so much bigger than the actual thing yeah that it's just visually really odd to watch somebody do these little jumping puzzles i was I like think... man this is going to be really difficult that piece of wood is like this big and they land not anywhere near it but they're still fine I, I, I think they were they had they made it easier because people were just pissed off in the first game with those jumping puzzles where yeah. where they actually were you've got to make this jump very specifically and then you miss it and you fuck it up. But yeah, they changed that. So they made it a little little less ridiculous. But mm. I mean, the whole game is just better than the first one. It even runs better and looks better. It's fucking gorgeous. But I will say it is not perfect from a bug department. Mm. I had a bad experience where we did a uh, a deed where like you get these every now and again, you get this kind of quests called deeds and they mm. add a modifier to the to the mission. And this one was like, we're going to spawn constant hordes of rats on you all the time. So this is going to be pretty hard. And we struggled through it and we beat it. And absolutely nothing. I got no reward at all. No, what? Yeah. Apparently they just fixed that today, according to chat. But yeah, basically, people who were doing deeds, half of them weren't getting any rewards whatsoever. No, oh, that's so, so sad. Yeah, that was that was the last uh, match we did before we went offline. I'm like, that really soured me on that. Mm. Apparently, Are they the devs anything to fix it. They just did as of today, okay. apparently. So okay. that's that's fixed now. But you know, it was sad that the game, which is much better optimized than the first one, is not necessarily bug free in a way that. These aren't just funny bugs. These are really bad bugs that impede mm. your progress, and that's a very bad thing. Right. Uh, that's fixed now, apparently. So that's great. It's it's a fucking good game. We haven't had a good horde mode game in a while, and now we're getting like two. We're getting that and uh, Deep Rock Galactics. 
I think is its name. Yeah, that looks really cool. The space dwarves, right? Yeah, space dwarves. Yeah. Trendor played a bunch of it and apparently is quite high on that game. So if you would prefer a sci-fi setting rather than a fantasy setting, you can have dwarves with guns instead. Yep. So there's the thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I do like me Vermintide 2, though. I'm very, very happy with Vermintide 2 up to this point. Yeah, uh, Sam has been loving it. He's playing the shit out of it. It's so. a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun. Cool. Well, we have hit the hour mark, so we are perhaps going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about news, and we'll look through this release list and see if we can find you anything remotely good. I promise nothing. We'll be right back after the break. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast for the final 50 or so minutes of the show, where we usually cover news and releases. I think we should cover my news. I think, you you know, usually I would resist you on this one, but I can't find anything better. So <laughs> what the fuck ever. Just, uh, do, just do what you want. For everybody who's watching... I sent TB a link to the Brawly trailer for Dragon Ball Fighters because they've been, they like teased it. They would be like, oh man, our trailer dropped, but it would, it would be like a piece of paper that said trailer. And then they would drop it on the floor and be like, ha 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 ha. Actual trailer is out now. So I sent it to TB and I was like, for the news section in case like we need stuff. And he was like, anime isn't news. <laughs> I was like, it's yeah, trash <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> trash. Um, but yeah, we finally, we have a trailer for a character that's going to be coming to Dragon Ball Fighters. He's fucking huge, which he should be. Um, I don't like recognize him, but then again, I don't recognize any of them. He's from, he's from a movie. He's from one of the Dragon Ball movies. I have a similar understanding of who the characters are in Dragon Ball, uh, than Donkey does. Donkey seems to know absolutely nothing about it, and I don't either, and I feel comfortable with that. <laughs> but weirdly enough, I still want to play this fucking game now. It's been weird over the course of a number of weeks. I've just been watching videos of it. And I'm just like, I don't have a fucking clue who any of these people are. And I think for a tag roster fighter, that would be a really important factor. And yet somehow, and I think it's mostly because sometimes people get punched through mountains. That's a sure. reason that to play Dragon it. Ball. That's Dragon Ball. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and how, how fucking good does this game look? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, with just, the, that's like, not even fair. With the cell animation, it looks fantastic. It also looks very clean. I feel like we were talking about this last week. That it looks really just, clean and that makes it easy to watch? It's easy to tell what's going on, which is so rare for an assist fighter. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I had huge problems with that in... Marvel versus Capcom, uh, watching that. I, it's still, I still don't necessarily like assist fighters because of the, oh, he's up in the air, he's going to be there a while, I'll go make myself a cup of tea and I'll come back and he might have stopped fucking juggling me. Yeah. That's something that I don't like. Uh, yeah, but... Because, like, in, um, in Guilty Gear, they have stuff to prevent that. Um, they, they've not, got a, not necessarily they've, prevent it, but like interrupt it and give yourself an opening. You yeah, know? Killer Instinct, uh, I think, is one of the best games for that because it was like you can combo break, but you better right. damn well be sure that you're hitting the right combo break at the right time. Because if not, well, you're in this juggle for a while and it's your own fucking fault. 
And yeah. But doing those long combos was also quite easy. Even a newbie could do it. So unlike Marvel's Capcom, where someone does a 80-hit juggle on me, and I'm like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't right. even retaliate. It's like, oh, I'm finally down on the ground. I'll do it. I could do a dragon punch on you. And then it's like, oh, it's another 90-hit aerial combo that's happening. Right, okay, great, cool. Um, yeah. Still, I, I do. I still haven't played the game. I still want to play the game now. Just, it just looks too fucking good. And it is fun. I I appreciate the devs of Guilty Gear too much to allow my prejudice against anime to get in the way. Especially considering <laughs> that their other games are anime as fuck anyway. It's true. So it would be a little hypocritical, regardless. Um. Yeah. I don't know when we're supposed to get. A Bardock trailer, I don't think we have, but Brawly and Bardock, I think, are the only two characters that have been like officially announced. The rest of it has just been data mining. So, so they all sound like vegetables. Uh, yeah, the, all of the Saiyans are are vegetable puns. They're vegetables. They're all vegetables. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, just okay. like all of the like Bulma and Trunks and her whole family are all underwear jokes. That makes so, sense. Yeah, that makes good you know, sense. Toriyama's got a good head on his shoulders. <laughs> On the what else have we done on the news? Because we we kind of talked quite a bit about newsworthy topics like Vermintide selling a shit ton and all that kind of thing. There is one thing we didn't talk about though, which is was kind of the catalyst for getting you on the show, Shannon, because you were extremely outspoken about this particular topic, <laughs> rightfully so, because frankly, in my opinion, it's also bullshit, and that is Twitch and what they've been doing lately when it comes to communication. Let's yeah. uh, let's just let's just put it that way. Uh, why do you tell us about this specific incident that set you and uh, quite a few other people, myself included, off? I the most recent one was the issue over uh, the winback email. So winback emails are really common. They're they're not necessarily something that anyone who uses the internet on a daily basis is at all like foreign to or whatever. Um, it's where, you know, your subscription to Spotify or Netflix or whatever, you cancel it for whatever reason and you're not really, you know, you're not feeling it. And, uh, and they send you some emails later on down the line going, Oh, but don't you miss such and such show yeah. and yeah. some kind of music or whatever. And that's all well and good. The problem was that Twitch decided to try this out. And I say Twitch as an entity term, but really it's not that every single person at Twitch is behind this idea. I, I, you see, I thought they were all in on it. The whole thing is a giant conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, the thing is, is that so many people tweet about it and they do think, they, they, they do make the assumption, or at least it seems that they do, that there is just this entity of, of one mindset, one group think, and that's totally not how it is. So my first reaction towards seeing that this email had been sent out and I wasn't even sure if it was real because there was the only one source it, for it. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't a partner. It was actually just a regular user who said, what is this shit? And by the time I saw it, which was in the morning, I think on Saturday, it was, it already had a thousand likes on it. Like people were all freaking out about it. And my first thought was, oh, someone either new or someone who isn't involved at all, it's not their role to be, and they don't have any experience with it in the community side of things, has pushed something out. 
without checking with other people who do have in, involvement and investment in the community side of things and would be able to say, you know, maybe we should talk about this before Maybe you we do shouldn't that. do that. Yeah. Specifically yeah. talk with with streamers about it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, and that's the difference between things like Netflix and Spotify. There is nothing wrong with a win back email. It is normal. But the problem is that when you have a voice like Twitch sending it out and First of all, let's not even get into the language, but just first of all, sending it out without including the other stakeholder in this business split of a sub. Which is, which is the us, yes. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it is, if you look at like what a subscription is paid to, it's paid to the partner or affiliate, and then it's paid to Twitch. Yeah. And only Twitch is making this business decision. It would be as if I went into your place of business and I changed something and it's like, well, whatever, I own half the business, so I don't have to check with you. I can just do whatever I want. And that's really where I think a lot of um, partners and affiliates felt upset about this was just simply mm -hmm. that they weren't consulted on such a severe um, choice of, of words and everything to be sent out. And it was, yeah, to me, it was the language. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Uh, That's where it becomes a problem too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the, this is, um, we talk about you know, the concept of win back emails and yes, they are very common in everywhere. Yeah. But this was a case of trying to win you back as a subscriber to a specific named partner. And these yeah, named partners the were included the in the email. It made it look like it had actually been sent out by the partner themselves, which yeah. is was in itself a... Can we actually pull uh, that email up and read the contents of it? Because I think it is uh, quite relevant. Do you happen to have that to hand? Um, I don't, but I can grab it for you. Yeah, yeah if, if you would fine. not mind, because uh, Chad is curious as to the content, the content of it. And I think the content of it is very relevant. I think the language is very relevant because it, it the, is, way, yeah. the way that it was approaching it was in a, certainly in a way that I would never, ever address my subscribers. Uh, and the um, way that... pop it to you on DM. Just so uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, by all means, send it over and I'll, I'll read it out. And there we go. No, I come through just yet, but it'll be there in a second. The, the, but yeah, the, the language in the email was something that I personally would have never used when addressing my subscribers. And I go out of my way to address my subs in a particular way because we have a particular relationship and that relationship to me is we are selling a product to you the viewer this product has x number of features and in exchange for that you pay y number of dollars that's kind of the extent of how the relationship works and it's not about supporting me or us needing it or anything like that or begging for it or asking for a donation or anything it's about yeah. a service being provided. What this uh, so here's the language of it. It's quite it's quite short, but it goes uh, something like this: "Gone so soon, something misses your support." Like this was blacked out, so it was uh, sent on behalf of a particular streamer. Yeah, yeah. And it said, "Hey, Scrivo, who is the name of the person that received it? Real talk for a second. Firstly, what? Secondly, Ouch. what?" <laughs> Support from subscribers like you is a huge part of why Twitch creators are able to do what they love. If you enjoy being a big part of what makes person's community great, please consider resubscribing. There are a bunch of terms in there that I view as exploitative. There are a bunch of terms yeah. that I view as emotionally manipulative and guilt trippy in that. It is 
downright guilt trippy. And I think that's, so for me, um, you know, as, as a former Twitch employee, like my first thought was, I know so many people in many departments that definitely would have said, this isn't okay. I would have been one of them if I was still there. Um, so it definitely felt to me a bit like strange and it came out of the like I would never have thought that that would have been it just feels like a fluke and I think that's why we saw the apology comes to pass which I guess we'll get to in a bit we but will. um the, the problem with the the language being very guilt trippy is that there's a big difference between um and I, I think ammunition and I were talking about this on Twitter between Netflix coming to you and say, hey, Brian Cranston really misses you and wishes <sighs> that you would yep. come back and, and he needs your support. Yes. And, and, you know, you need to watch more Breaking Bad and we are, right. would you just help us out? Like if it was, can you just imagine how you, that would go over? And especially You were such if, an important no. part of the Breaking Bad community. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with you um, when you say that, you know, like this is a service, a subscription is a service. You get uh, I mean, that's it. really just the way that I view it. And this is, you yeah. know, I, I did an hour long conference call with Twitch specifically about how I do my subs because they're not, I don't do them the same as a lot of other people. And Jesse's is very distinct. Like, you know, we look at the three of us, we all do wild uh, subs in a wildly different way. Mm -hmm. And three different successful business models that work yes. for three different audiences. Mm -hmm. And having said that, I I can see why someone who is not at all invested in the particular culture of Twitch might have thought that this wording was a good idea. Because uh, yeah. I have seen other partners and affiliates use language that is about support thank you for supporting yeah. me and i don't think that there's anything ill like meaning in saying no, thank you no. for supporting me i don't think that there's anything wrong with um any streamer or affiliate who does believe that this is like a a recognition that a subscription is yes it's all these services but it's also a recognition of of support personal support and investment yeah, thank you in a yeah person. so Exactly. So I get all of that and I can understand why this employee would have felt or team of employees would have felt that this was a good idea. But the problem was that it is that tone and it is doing it in the name of the in the name of somebody else. Yeah. Without checking with them. And it is yep. so like, can you imagine like, I mean, well, you guys know, it, especially UTV, because you, you really are very clear. You have said many times that your channel and your subscription model is strictly a service and it is not about anything else. And so yep. for you, especially it's why I didn't like tier two and tier three subs being forced on everybody, because yeah. I'm like, I cannot provide a service that is worth 10 bucks or 25 bucks. Yeah. You haven't given me the features to do that. It's it's not possible yeah. For me to do that i feel like our service is worth five bucks for a certain yeah. kind of person mm -hmm. and we've tried to add things to make it even more valuable like the discount in the store and things like that yeah. you know that's not a obviously transparent way to try and make you buy more shirts including our brand new one the snark arts but regardless Ooh. of that Ooh. i'm just very very good at my job what can i say it, I would never address my subs that way and we've had jesse and dodger sitting here for the last 10 minutes sort of hearing us rant I mean, i'd really I Likes like to hear I, what you have to say in it. I wouldn't use this sort of language either because, um, like, like you said, it really has to do with the way that you interact with your community and the way that you talk with them. And my message on my streams has always been like, 
you're part of the community regardless. You don't have to subscribe. Like if you want Mm -hmm. to, that's incredible, but like you don't have to. So the idea of sending out a message that's like, without you, I'm dying. Yeah. (laughs) Like a Sally Struthers app, right? Please help these poor streamers. And it arms of the angels. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, the, The one thing that I thought was interesting about this email is at first I was going, oh, maybe this is an attempt for them to like meet people halfway about Twitch subscriptions or about uh, Twitch Prime subscriptions because people keep saying, God, it would be so nice if Twitch Prime subscriptions could be automatic. Which of Which course they will never ever do. They're never going to do because it's not in their best interest. It to costs the money. Right? Yeah, you, they don't want you to do that. Yeah, so they don't send this email for Prime. Yeah, no. so I I was like, oh well, maybe this is them being like, we won't auto renew it, but we will remind you about it. And it was not that either. It and was I was not. like, if it had been for that, um. I might have felt a little different. I might have been like, I wish the wording was different, but it's nice that they're now reminding people, like, hey, if you, hey, remember you've got uh, Twitch Prime, and people are saying, oh, but it they've got the little, yeah. yeah, oh, but they've got the little button now that shows up on people's streams. Not that's not clear at all to me. <laughs> I don't think when I go, no, you to have stream- to manually install that as well, and it's also that needs a little bit of uh, work. Apparently, it doesn't go away all the time. Uh, it I put doesn't. it. Yeah, I turned I it on. Prime, your mouse and there's a blue button on every stream I watch, and I'm like, yeah. "Well, the problem is, it also brings this. up, and they need to disable this. It's two buttons. It's your Twitch it Prime sub and Twitch Prime loot. I'm like, I don't give a yeah. fuck." about yeah, it's the loot. It, yeah. yeah. And the problem is that keeps popping up. I don't want whatever it is you're trying to give me here. Um, that's that, uh, you know, it's, it's not, I, I could see why it's sort of, why they've done it. And I turned it on because I'm like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't I? A reminder, that, you know, I do keep forgetting to use my Prime sub. And that has reminded me to do that. And it will be good yeah. to remind others, obviously, because we're like money. But it, it is an annoying implementation of it. I absolutely agree with that. Jesse, you have a very, again, also a very different approach to subs, being that you are the only person on this whole platform with a one time, if I recall correctly. Yep. I still have his emotes. <laughs> yep, a one-off sub. I'm sub to you because kind of why not? It seems like I'm almost losing money if I don't. Yeah. That uh, trust me, there have been many conversations with Twitch that have been like, "What if we just switch you over?" And every conversation ends yeah. with me being like, "If we do, everyone who's already a sub is a permanent sub forever." And they're like, "We'll look at <laughs> yeah." So because you've we'll got, see. you must have quite a few. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> I don't think but, they're gonna uh, do that. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so uh, I will say though, looking at all this stuff that's happened over the last few days i think it's um even though i give twitch a hard time for the like like bleed purple culture and stuff and i'm like yeah i don't like that cultish, per- very very cultish bleed purple that's yes very much so <laughs> oh, I, I invented that all right, right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> die under the twitch right. flag oh, bleeding yes. purple for your country yeah. and nation <laughs> But like, even though I, I I've always given it a hard time for that, and like jokingly, I've been like, "Oof, okay." Now I know who to blame. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be taking the piss yeah. out of you constantly for this. Now it's gonna be great. Yeah, I think, I think, as Twitch, as a company grows and expands, and more people 
from outside the streaming community and more people who are in it for the business, not necessarily because they love the culture. I actually think it behooves Twitch to keep reminding them bleed purple because it reminds them of what it is and what it was originally. And I feel like as all companies, as they grow and expand and they hire like business savvy dudes, um, you're going to get things like maker studios. Dink, oh my where, God. Don't even you watch it grow from like good intentions to, well, we need this guy. Cause he's got an MBA that and he can come in here and exactly fix shit. What it and was it, as well. Like everything just collapses the from what you do. Gets muddy. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this is another example of, sort of the corporation side of shit taking over where it's like, well, this is how you lure them back in. And, you know, statistics say that this is what this does. And I guarantee. Yeah, but it, it was, wasn't... it was so fellow kids though. Like it was, it was yeah. watching Amazon beg for money, which is a pathetic thing. And well, it was that, doing it on like behalf of the people. That's, that's what all of, of biz is at the moment is like, hello, fellow kids. And yeah, they, and it's it, cringeworthy it, and terrible and needs to stop. Yeah. But I mean, that's what, a lot of like shit shit you three worked at maker you know what every contract meeting was like it was like hello there best friend nice to meet you person we've never seen before it's like well i I, well i never went to any of those contract (laughs) meetings so i just said here is my contract here's me redlining out all of the shit that i am not going to accept take it out you fuckers and then give me the complete version that yeah. was how our contract meetings went. <laughs> to be fair, that's probably <laughs> why I'm still with them, and you guys left them because you had to deal with all that bullshit. And I didn't. When, and so when you see it in person, you understand, like, yes. oh, yeah. oh, I get where this is going, and I feel like this is that thing. When I saw this, I was like, oh, this is the corporate side. That's gonna stop taking over and acting idiots, and then the community side is to be like, what are you doing? Yeah, they've got and to hold so- them back. They, you know. To, yeah, to some extent, Twitch is definitely going to change over the next few years. To some extent, it kind of has to. There was, it, um, it has. You know, and, there was, and it already has changed yeah. a lot. Yeah, there's some, uh, there was a recent issue involving... I need to make sure I get this right so I don't fuck this up completely. Um, so I believe it was an Overwatch player who got released from their team because, amongst other things they'd done, they went into... They were in a tournament chat, and there was a uh, African American player, and people were spamming the tryhard emote, which oh. on its own the tryhard emote is entirely innocent. But we've had incidents before where people have people literally just seen it just because a black person. It's a black person. Was that, was that Malik? Uh, no, XQC. Uh, this is the thing is this has happened more than once. This happened during a Hearthstone tournament, and uh, for Overwatch, oh, this was Overwatch, yeah, XQC is the name of the guy in question, and he got involved in the spam and then claimed to have no knowledge of the context that it was used in or whatever, but which obviously nobody believes in a million years. But that was punished, you know that was that was punished severely. And Twitch was part of that. Blizzard was another part of that. Blizzard has dealt with that kind of thing before. And tournaments in particular have a lot of bullshit going on in the chat when it's not properly moderated because there's too many people there and you lose control of it and, yeah, everything goes to hell. That stuff's got to go because things like Owl are incredibly expensive. 
And if people want to host big, important events, so I'm not just talking esports, I'm talking real sports. I mean, there's fucking real sports on Twitch now, for fuck's sake. There is. There are real companies, real people in there. You've got to maybe alter, not change the core of the culture, just sand it off at the edges a little bit. Well, this is, I mean, anytime, not just money, but like ludicrous sums of money is involved in shit. Yes. Yeah. Things change rapidly. Yeah. Suddenly, the world you exist in as a culture and corporation changes. Yeah. And it's just because there's a lot of money and a lot of people involved and you have to, which, you know, sucks for like Makes communities sense on some level. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, things change. And that's what happens with success. And so, you know, over the next couple of years, Shannon's right. Well, so here's the thing. And this is, I kind of want to explain as well why I invented the term bleed purple, which actually I didn't really invent. I just stole it from regular sports. Um, so, uh, but the well, reason- We were at a meeting one day sacrificing a goat. Or <laughs> God, Jet yeah, Thulu. you know, and then yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, it said Zarth on its head, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. um, no, the reason, the reason why was because um, this was back in very early 2014 and I had just been made an admin and I had run the Twitch subreddit for a couple of years at that point. I was just a community manager for Chris. Like there, everything was very grassroots. And there was that feeling, not just with my own experiences with Twitch, but beyond my own experience to the entire community. I remember attending parties at that time at, at PAXs and things like that. And it was very, community-based i'm yep. not talking i don't want to use the word family because i don't i think that that's a little disingenuine but i feel like it was very neighborly mm. and that is i think and i think i'm not the first person to say this why twitch is so successful it managed to get that amazon sale and it managed to be such a massive huge success that completely like nuked the rest of like it was in 2014 it was number four on like the highest traffic websites in the u.s right like i mean the the, the nuclear growth it's seen is because of that sense of community and neighborhoodness and i think that that's because you can add all the features you want you can you can slap in product until you're blue in the face it's not and gonna matter there's plenty of sites that did around. back yeah, in exactly. the day when exactly. Twitch were, you know, when Twitch had kind of just started and it changed from Justin TV, there was quite a lot of competition. We were having to decide whether we want to take a contract with Owned, Owned 3D, yep, yeah, Owned 3D, you know, and a lot of people did actually, yeah, you know, did. Yeah. do we want to take contract with a Zubu? Do we yeah. want to look into YouTube's? You know, YouTube Hitbox. was starting to roll this Hitbox, out for people. Yeah. Hitbox, yeah, was another thing. Do yeah. you? And and they'll all try to say at the time that oh we've got lower uh, um, uh, delay. We've got lower latency and screen. things like that. Yeah. We to be fair, better, Twitch latency uh, used to be fucking bad. Like yeah. it used to be like a minute. At yeah. One the point. Twitch experience can be worse than those other platforms. Yeah. But what it can. keeps it growing is this sense of culture that was building in the the like the biosphere of twitch that's what made it a success and the the staff at the time were so intuitive that they knew to nurture that so when i started yeah. using hashtag bleed purple on everything uh like on my random tweets about whatever staff picked up on that marketing picked up on that 
And they started, like, I remember I went to E3, my, the only E3 I've ever been to in 2014. And the head of marketing uh, took me around to the Twitch party and he pointed at all these little signs that they had made up that said hashtag Glee Purple on them. And he's like, that was you. You did that. And Aww. I was just like, aw. I did do that, you know, and so, but that's the feeling that that's what made it so powerful. That's the Kool-Aid, right? It, it became, why, well, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, she thought. they don't want to, they, they can't forget about that and they can't right. get away from that because it, yes, definitely you need to think business. I am, I am a savvy business person myself and I, I love looking for, you know, success stories and ways to profit. Absolutely. But you also need to remember your core, your soul, I would say. You can have both. You can have business with a soul. You can have business decisions with integrity. You mm -hmm. can do both. Twitch is uh, very good at listening, but they need to stop these decisions that are coming out without the listening. And that's what we're seeing of a lot more of lately. And yeah. that's what we're just asking to not happen as much lately we're not saying hey how dare you ever look for way of ways of maximizing profit it's not what anyone's saying we're just saying please include partners in the conversation because you always have and that's your culture mm. and and uh don't don't forget where you came from yeah i mean it, twitch became one of the few sites where people just went to twitch.tv instead of going to a specific place on twitch tv that that was the difference between Twitch and every other one of these sites. You know, I ran an MLG TV stream because they were sponsoring a tournament that I was doing for about a year. And noticing the difference between how hard it was to drive people to that stream versus my Twitch stream, where people would show up organically. They just, oh, I just started streaming in the middle of the night with literally no announcement. There'd be people there. Mm -hmm. That would never happen on any other site because I go to Twitch to find something to watch. I go to YouTube right. to find something to watch. Those are some of the rare sites that are able to do that. That's how a site really starts to snowball when you get people going there and they don't know what they're going to watch. But they're like, I want to watch something on here. So let's go to the front page. Let's discover somebody. Let's find someone that's playing a game I care about. It's like, oh, I'm playing this game right now, so I, I also want someone on the background who happens to be playing that game maybe and get some tips. Or it's also nice to feel like you're playing a game that someone else is playing and, you know, you're kind of almost competing with them. In a sense, it's like laughing at them failing or, you know, relating to them failing because you did the exact same thing. There's, there's something special about that that for some reason didn't, wasn't really replicated on any other sites. And YouTube competes to some extent. There's some surprisingly popular YouTube gaming streams, but they're hard to find. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Getting only reason the streaming part of YouTube is like. I don't. Yeah, it's like the streams sometimes show up about. Idea. You know, when they've got that like uh, infinitely scrolling front page, uh, you scroll down about five or six pages on that, it starts to pop a few random gaming streams. And it seems they seem random. They really do because, like, oh, it's a, someone playing Fortnite with three viewers, and then there's a guy playing PUBG who has twenty thousand, and they're just there next to each other for no apparent reason, just in the mix. You know, I think yeah. the only people, the only reason that uh, YouTube does okay for streaming is because you've got that channel and that subscription model where people are subbed to the channel, so they know when you go live and they're watching it that way. I don't, <clears throat> and I have to admit. I was tempted for a long time to stream on YouTube 
because of how many YouTube subs I have. I'm like, wow, can I convert that? Not just posting a video saying, hey, I'm live on Twitch. What if I was actually just live on YouTube? How many viewers would I get? I was always curious about that, but I never I never pulled the trigger on it. There's yeah. a reason for that. It's called Twitch subs. <laughs> it's it's really fascinating to see. I always wind up doing this and I don't I don't do this from like a mean-spirited place, but like when I see a much bigger YouTuber um say like, "Oh, I'm going to stream on Twitch." I always go to see what like how many people they're able to pull over because being successful on YouTube does not equal being successful on Twitch. And it's fascinating. I mean, well, I, I think it doesn't necessarily approach. equal yeah. that, but I found it to be very beneficial. Oh, um, for sure. Absolutely. I think it's worked very well for me. But, but, anyway, but I'm not saying I think it think Dodger's coming well. at it at perspective of uh, movie star to theater star, like someone like, Twitch is, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong in what I'm hearing you say, but like on YouTube, you can cut and you can edit, you can change and you can go back in. If you fuck something up, you can fix it. And on Twitch, you are, it's a live performance. You are entertaining Mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do if you goof or screw up or you make a mistake and you have to learn to like go with the punches. And even though I still do YouTube, I think the experience of Twitch and when I do Twitch stuff and I'm doing it more and more, um, it gives you that vibe of like when you're done, especially if you've done theater before, you're like, oh, fuck, I am. <laughs> but like, I feel like if you don't feel that way when you're done, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. you you're there it to entertain. Tap you out. Yeah, Work for I'm that fucking money is what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. it's, and, and I, I truly feel like that's the difference is, you can say to people, yes, I'm a big YouTuber and I'm going to Twitch. But like, if you aren't a good live entertainer, you won't cut it. It doesn't matter how no. popular you are on YouTube. It's just fact. You need full yeah, max I, I definitely fully acknowledge that I started with a wonderful base of people that came over from YouTube and that that gave me a leg up on Twitch for sure. I'm not even about to say that that's not true. Yeah. Um, but there's such a big difference in the way you have to approach the content. And I don't think yes, people yeah. necessarily think that that's going to be the case until they're doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're totally right. And it, it does take some practice, certainly. And some people have gone entirely over to Twitch. I mean, you know, Strippin had a successful YouTube channel. He abandoned it completely in favor of Twitch. You know... But it goes both ways because especially in the last couple of months, I've seen a departure of Twitch streamers saying, uh, even some that have been around for many years, saying that they want to go to YouTube or they want to go to Mixer, um, even Facebook. Um, I know one person who went to Facebook gaming. So, And that's, truthfully, that's what I, uh, there's a lot of friends that I have who have done YouTube or who have streamed and they are like, yo, let me tell you about this Facebook shit though. Like it is on the low, incredible. And so I'm all for competition and stuff like that. I'm oh yeah, really we need that. Guy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I don't... a good business situation, a good business environment for, uh, well, not I'm not a content creator, but for, for all of my friends and my partner who's our content creators. And, you know, this is our livelihood. This is what we make money on. So it's, it's a wonderful thing when there's a lot of competition. Yeah. Having said that, 
<laughs> yeah. Those bitches ain't shit. <laughs> Having said that, uh, it is also, and I don't, I'm not sure if any, I've seen anybody else actually say this publicly. Um, it is in our best interest if we are primarily on Twitch to see Twitch continue to be the main beast in the, in the pen. Yeah. Like, For sure. yes. Okay. It's great to have competition, but it's also going to be largely you know, beneficial for us if Twitch continues to be, uh, you know, the, the king of the pride and uh, uh, bring in more viewers uh, that can share around and because they love the culture and the community. And that's what makes them go, you know what? I don't really know what I want to watch. I'm just going to go browse Twitch and find something rather the than going and looking at Facebook, rather than going and looking at YouTube, mm -hmm. rather than going and browsing Mixer. Like that is the key difference. So it is... When, when I go out on my big rants, when I get all my assassin done before I've had my second latte of the day, and it sounds like I'm hating on Twitch, no. And it's it's probably the same for everybody else that, that has been teeing off lately. It is because we love it, and it is, it is it's a part of our life. It's a part of our core. But beyond that, it's still in our best interest if this site continues to be a success. For them to talk to us it's and tough listen. Love. Yeah. yeah, it's it's also best for them to not do things that might cause me to lose subscribers. Like that would be nice. Yeah, that's that one. That was the first time I ever lost it at Twitch publicly. Was the the sub, the breaking of the subs. Now I the, the I don't know about, how many I lost from that, but I I thought there was a pretty big dent. I know some. It's hard yeah. to know. It's hard to know how many we it's lost as a result of that or because of something else. But yeah, I think yeah. I, no, took, I took a hit. I took a pretty yeah. big hit. Well, there is literally only one channel on Twitch right now that has not said that they've lost subs, at least from all the ones that I've been speaking to, and that's Ninja. And that's an anomaly. He's in his own world. He, uh, well, Jesse would be the second one because I don't think it's possible for him to lose <laughs> subs with his mods. Fair enough. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I, but the, the breaking subs thing, what a lot of people don't know is that it started back in December. It started December, uh, like early December. Uh, a, a girl, um, and actually there was, um, she, she was so lovely. She screenshotted the email that she received. Um, but a lovely, uh, lovely lady named Golly Miss Molly, she tweeted me saying, um, here, I'm just sending it to you so you can see in reference TV. Gotcha. Um, she said that the subscription that she has to her husband's channel was randomly canceled. And that in order to fix it, Twitch had given her a free month sub, which is lovely. That's good service, good customer support there, guys. But the email uh, is worded pretty much the same as the one that I also received last week when I said that four out of my 10 subs were canceled. So I'm on a 40% failure rate for all the subscriptions I have across the site. Right. And even with me being a regular user, I did not know these were broken until I went, wait a second, I wonder if I've been hit. Yeah, and I, I would not have actually thought that. So guess what? I'm sitting there, uh, you know, in 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 Chris's channel, and I'm watching him play Surviving Mars, something, and uh, I go to use Dan's gaming emotes, and they're not working. I'm like, oh, did he delete cringe? Because if he did, I'm gonna have words with him. And it turns out, so I go to my subscription page and whatever, and it turns out I've been unsubbed. And then I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, wait a second. I definitely had more subs than this. I had to go to a different tab of uh, payment history 
in order mm -hmm. to manually scroll through and see, wait a second, was, did that not renew? Was this on a, did I pay three months in advance for this one? I'm not sure. And I had to figure it out myself. And then I right. sent an email to partners, uh, sort to, um, purchase support. So, I mean, if it, if it was a lot of figuring that out and like ha having to, you know, decipher what I had missed out on, I can only imagine that even with them catching the bugs that caused these and repairing the bugs and, and sending out the emails, there could still be God knows how many yep. actually broken subs. And totally. moreover, I received two emails on the day that they fixed it. One said, no action required. We have repaired this for you. Here's the full explanation of everything. We're very sorry. That's lovely. Second email I received, action required in big <laughs> capital letters. You must click this to reactivate your subscription. So, and, and it was for all four of them. Well, for the three that I had not manually redone because I, couldn't wait on Dan's gaming. I had to click it and refresh of it. Of course, naturally. So, <laughs> that's um, but but that's 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 the thing. Like, okay, well, if it's, I don't know now. Do I do I do I have to take action for this to work? Do I not take action? Like, what mm. what is everybody else seeing? So, it's such a labyrinth that this could be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. We don't know, and maybe that's why everybody's sub count is down. But I, also maybe it's not. Yeah. Who knows? I, yeah, because of course you don't know where those subs went. You know, you, right. you don't say they just left because you missed a week or you had a bad show or whatever, or you have no idea. It's yeah. It, all I know is that my sub counts down, and so yeah. are a lot of other people's. So yeah, that's I mean, it. There's nothing worse than you know when we talk about Twitch communication, they didn't do a great job communicating on that, and yes. we are relying on them for. Our but that's you know it's it's this it's is pretty lack, important right and that's the case with everything if you don't come out and immediately explain things you allow people to come in with crazy conspiracy fill shit. the gaps things, like, yes fill in the gaps yeah. and now not true information is out there and is propagated because it sounds true or is like at least this isn't an explanation and that's how shit gets worse for you. And so yeah. talk to people, yo. Talk yep. to people constantly. Communicate. Especially when Twitch, it's about please. their income. Yes, yep. especially. There's a reason why everybody was upset. It's their yeah. livelihood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no kidding. I, I just, I, and I mean, the thing is, is that there was also a tweet about that. There was a, a series of tweets about that from the Twitch support account um, addressing broken subs. And I'm fairly confident as a user that it's repaired now because I've not seen anyone else complain about a freshly broken sub, but at the same time, I don't know. But the way that they've word the, worded the tweets um, was very much just the issue has been fixed. We found the, the problem and that's that's all well and good. But I would have liked to know that back in December when the issues first started being talked about. I would have liked to have known about it in January when the issue occurred. Um, and even in early February, and we didn't really start to see the addressing of the issue publicly, at least they might've been dealing with it behind the scenes, but we didn't see any public communication with it until only recently. So well, again, it's just the issue of please talk to us and do so in a timely fashion. Then you don't have anyone panicking or stressing or shitting on you on Twitter. Like I do, you know, <laughs> all that. <laughs> I think this goes back to the idea of community versus corporation. And on a corporate side of things, the more you tell, the worse it is for you, right? Like if you're mm -hmm. a corporation, you don't want to tell a lot of stuff because the Sometimes, more you say, yeah. 
the more it screws you over because now you're admitting to all sorts of things. Like, oh, we had all these problems and people are like, what's going on over there? And so lawyers are like, be quiet, don't say anything. But community wise, if you are trying to foster that community that you had from the beginning and that's what like keeps this shit going and keeps people involved and wanting to keep coming back, you gotta talk, you have to. Mm -hmm. And so Twitch's next few years are gonna be about finding that balance between the two. We'll see if they manage to keep it up because someone else otherwise may end up taking their crown. Right, we have got eight minutes left, so we're going to be overrunning, and we're going to do releases. We'll try and find you something in here that doesn't suck. As usual, no (laughs) goddamn guarantees on that one. There's a lot of stuff coming out on Steam this week. Most of it is, as usual, completely awful. So just, just be aware of that. It's not it's not our fault. It's comically bad. Like a I actually have is, never yes. seen so many games in a list for just one week of releases ever. And some of these oh, yeah. titles This is every week yes. for us. This is this every is fucking week. It's actually insane. Uh, but most people, and that's good because they should never have to see it, don't know that Steam is releasing hundreds of terrible games every week because they never have a reason to yeah. see them. Let's hopefully keep it that way. And in the meantime, we will try and filter through and find you something good. So Dodger, I think you had the you had a start here. Something that looked oh. pretty good. Um yeah, Beast Quest. I don't know. It it looks uh it actually kind of reminded me of Fable. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this came from, but it actually does look like a full-sized RPG. It's certainly priced like one. Yeah, so oh. I'm curious to see what that's like. Apparently it's, ba- it's based on a book series. It wouldn't be the first game. Well, actually, it would be the first game in the list. That's the whole point. It wouldn't be the only game in the list that is based on a book today. Right. But yeah, you're right. This actually does not look too shabby. I don't know anything about Beast Quest, but I'd look at it just as an action RPG. You're right. It does give that Fable vibe, so I'm intrigued. Mm. That's fair. I, I'm also kind of intrigued by this. But, oh, God, yeah. it's Someone fucking made a game called They Are Hundreds. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. one of the ones I was on. laughing about. Oh, God, yeah. It was, it's, it's just... It's a person, though, so it's yeah. different. Oh, it's, to- well, it's total shit. It's a bunch of assets just ripped off the Unity store and you just shooting zombies. That's all it is, but fuck me. Just the <laughs> audacity of that. You've kind of <laughs> got to give... Oh, yeah, you got to give him a bit of respect for that. Uh, we've got the Devil May Cry HD collection out today. Oh. That's out on consoles and on PC. By oh, the no. looks of it, it's Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3. Great. Um, Those are good games. They were, I mean, 2 wasn't great, but 1 and 3 are fantastic. Um, as I don't know what the ports are like, though. I'm very curious as to what they've done with the ports because I've played a version of Devil May Cry 3 on PC before, and it was fucking horrible. It was really, really bad. So I'm hoping that this version is a lot better. They're claiming everything's 60 frames, everything's smooth, everything works great. If that's the case, cool. I'll definitely play some more DMC up until I hit those fucking time-jumping puzzles, and then I'll quit again, just like last time fucking arsehole platforming bits why why would you put that in a game which is mostly about stabbing and shooting people it's a waste of time i say a waste 
there's something that intrigued me today that I saw the launch trailer for that I am very curious about. It's called Council. I'm ready for this. This is a game I've been following for Dude, a while. I'm excited. Yeah, this is by this is the one that's um, by the people who make all of the Sherlock Holmes games. Yep, Big Bad Wolf is the name of the developer, being published by Focus, and it's an episodic narrative adventure. And I mean, that sounds like oh, that sounds like a Telltale game. It does, but one, it looks a shit ton better, and secondly, they are very much emphasizing the whole every single fucking thing you do is actually going to matter in some real way. Ooh. Like, right from the start. As to whether or not they can pull that off, don't know. We've seen that promise before, but it looks pretty fucking cool, and it also has RPG elements and stuff in it, so it's not just a talk and occasional QTE thing. It's got a bit more to it than that. I also, also really love the aesthetic because... Oh, it looks gorgeous. Anyone who's seen my Twitter account knows that I am a huge fan of the 18th century aesthetic. Um, but yeah, the fact that this... Is, it says it's 1793 Secret Society. I, like, the, the, the setting is just pulling me in. Yeah. I really like it. It's this. like all the world leaders are, are there and you have to, like, interact with them. I think that's awesome. The history yeah. nerd in me is very excited. Yeah, oh, I'm going to yeah, check it out. Oh, that's right, too. Your history as well. Because I like I like these kind of games, the the episodic narrative, choice based game. But the problem is the people that have been doing it have been Telltale, and the way they do it, I'm not a fan of. And there's very few other companies that tried it. Some of them did, and they were they were kind of cool. But then they never finished the games because they ran out of money or whatever. But this looks intriguing. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see what's going on with it. So yeah, that's that's the council. That's uh, the first episode of it. The Mad Ones is out today. Uh, the whole season is thirty dollars. It, it doesn't look like you can buy episode one separately, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I'd I definitely I like to, to I see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so keen on buying it all in advance. I wish they would sell the episode on its own, uh, mm. but they haven't done that. All right, Jesse, you've got one yep. here. The Twenty Fifth Ward. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a sequel to a game called The Silver Case. The Silver Case, uh, just to give you, it, that is also out. I don't know why it's on this list, but I imagine because it's it comes with it, maybe question mark. I don't know, but I know that it's out as well. Um, Silver Case is an old school like, or er, like two thousand or nineteen ninety nine game. Like we're it's talking Grasshopper, Suda fifty one, and it is, uh, it's a game that is about contemporary Japan, uh, sort of like a um, not-realish Japan, where there are 24 wards, and this is Silvercase, there are 24 wards, and it's a um, point-and-click adventure visual novel question-answer style game where you're trying to solve a murder mystery, and there's a violent serial killer on the loose. It's very cool. It is super awesome. Uh, the sequel, The 25th Ward, that's the explanation for all the wards. The 25th Ward is sort of this follow-up game that came along much later, I think like 2007, question mark? But um, that is out as well. And I think that if you're down for like some mystery and some super cool like old-school point-click adventuring, this is this is where it's at. I think it's also on PS4 as well, this list says. So yeah, like, but, yeah, I think so. That's cool. I, I remember playing that back in the day. So like this is, this is dope. This is one of those games that like if you're down for some – Real hunting down killers. This is this is the and one. And a bit of weirdness because Suda Fifty One's involved in it, so you yes. know it's not going to be normal. Very weird. 
that's about it for today, uh, with the exception of a couple of, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, one, Tesla vs. Lovecraft has made its way to PS4. That's kind of fun. And Dodger, I believe you noticed the Redwall game. I added this on, yeah, because it wasn't on the list and I was offended. Uh, yeah, and that came called, out today, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Ghost of a Tale and you play as a mouse and it looks great. Yeah, it looks yeah, good. If you of- know anything about the Redwall books... It's a series of books that this game is based on, I believe, and very popular in the UK amongst like young adults and kids. Actually, surprisingly, like grim. You know, basically, it's Game of Thrones with animals. Is what right. uh, Red Wolf was. My, it's been a game that's been in development for a long time. I've been in early it access for a while. Yeah, it's a stealth action yeah, like game. Two years ago, yeah. Uh, well, and it looks 500 reviews and overwhelmingly positive. They like awesome. it. I mean, <laughs> Redwall uh, in Europe in particular is hugely popular. And apparently they've done a, they're working on a, someone else is working on a Redwall game. I don't know if they got the license or not, but it was, I looked in it, it looked terrible. This looks great. It looks yeah. gorgeous. Like really nicely animated, cool stealth action game. I'm not into Redwall. I know my brother fucking loved that when we were younger. Um, and apparently so do a lot of other people. So yeah, have a look at Ghost of a Tale if you have any interest in Red Wall or any interest in stealth action or maybe both. Yeah. So some good shit going on there. All right, moving on. I put this in here because I'm sorry. I, I this like is you were t- shocked by your own choice. You're like, oh. I couldn't <laughs> realize. I didn't realize like Oops. how terrible it just. It amused me. Uh, sometimes games pop up on this list that just i laugh at this is one of them china versus roman this is a war strategy game with the mouse control can i tell you uh, when we were going through this earlier while you were setting up the stream uh i looked at this as well and i realized these are all assets from the old super nintendo game yep. knights of the round yep they're, they're all stolen all of the assets <laughs> are fucking stolen I was like, what the fuck is with this art style? I'm like, yeah, that looks really familiar, doesn't it? So a bunch of stolen art. In the description, the first thing they've done for some reason is give you the guy's email address and their QQ, which I think is a Chinese instant messenger client. Right. And the description was, this is a strategy game with the mouse control. Enter the game, click on the arrow, click on the card, and then click on the ground. People will appear. Click on food, increased energy. Use energy, create soldiers. Take a long time, finally put the game, feel relieved. He put his email or whatever there because he's yeah. this is just to get a date. This guy, I don't he's know. Thinking, he's thinking, he's it, like, when they see my game, they'll go out with me. It just, it's, it's quite incredible. China is providing some very interesting things to Steam as of late, I must say. Jesse, yes. you have what I presume is a real game by the looks of it. Yeah, uh, it's a game called The Long Reach. It is a uh, game that reminds me very much of a similar-looking title called Uncanny Valley. Um, Basically, it is a side-scrolling horror game. This one, unlike Uncanny Valley, which was about uh, um, sort of ghosts and what was real and what wasn't, this is using the exact same, like, what's real, what's happening, except in a more Cthulhu-like style where people just go crazy. Where you're like, everyone in the world's going insane, and it's um, sort of a cool side-scrolling version nice. of horror, and I love kind of I love stuff like that. I yeah. love when people can make horror that's a little bit different. Totally. Moving on to March the fifteenth, 
Dodger Soul 705. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a 90s themed point and click. Um, I'm Ooh, a sucker wow. for point and clicks. And that's I, some I liked... serious detail on these. Uh, I like the aesthetic a lot. Yeah. It's giving so. me a little bit of just a little bit of LucasArts kind of vibe, but a bit more up to date. <laughs> Same, which is for good. Sure. You know, that's a good vibe to have for a point and click. A very good one. Yeah. Uh, look, also, there was a member of Kiss in the background for some reason. I don't know why, but it was there. So that's that's a thing. Jesse, visual out. Yo, this is a platformer where you play inside of a dying computer. Yeah. So it is. A game where as you try to do the platform jumping and all this stuff, the world around you is like deteriorating. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. I love the aesthetic. I think uh, this has the potential to be really, really cool. Um, I, I I definitely will check it out. I saw this and was like, oh shit. Yeah, you know me. I love when, when the game itself gets weird, I'm already in. You like it the meta. Be- and it looks like this game has that. quite a lot of that. Yeah. I love looks that nice. Stuff. Yeah. Um, surprisingly cool. On March the 15th, a uh, big release, of course, for those on PC surviving Mars, if you're looking yeah. for a... It's a city builder and a survival game, and it seems like as to which of those you're going to experience is probably down to how hard you crank the difficulty. Mm. Supposedly, there's a guy... Uh, I came across a YouTube video where he's like, I'm playing survival Mars at 459% difficulty. So I'm like, oh, okay, apparently you can go pretty ham on that. Yeah. Which that, you know, that it would actually, if that's how it is, then that's, in my eyes, pretty cool because you're appealing to two potentially separate audiences there. Like the guys who are big into kind of RimWorld or the guys that just want a more casual city builder, you get both by the looks of it in the box, depending on what options you pick. And of course, with modding, there's going to be a potential. There's going to be a shit ton of potential there, and the modding is available from day one. There's actually going to be mods out on day one for this game. Yeah, so. I'm going to totally exploit this moment and just say if someone could add a mod to allow for terraforming, because I don't think I've seen that be a possibility in the game yet. So if you could just like make that part, <laughs> just, just help a girl out. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't. I've definitely not got to the point where I could terraform anything. I'll tell you that for a fact. But I also haven't got to the point where I've yeah, really been threatened by anything so i'm obviously not that far in i the other game i wanted to highlight just for comedy's sake is super inefficient golf okay so it is by far the least efficient golf game that exists because you use exploding landmines to guide the ball and you've got to place them on your ball and trigger them at the right time it's almost like um if you play oh, Just wait, so Cause it's... 3 and attach the explosive boosters to things, it's that, but in a golf game. What the fuck? Well, it's like a it's like a ping pong machine. Like, what do you call those? Um, pinball. Yeah, there's a bit of pinball like in there. It reminds me a little bit of Rock of Ages because there's a bit of destruction in there as well. So it's sort of mini golf, pinball, and bowling, and physics exploding. Hmm. One way or the other, it looks like it could be quite a lot of fun. Is it co-op? It is not co-op. Boo. It looks like it is a single-player only game. Yeah. So if you're looking for your co-op, you're going to have to play Rock of Ages 2, which you really should be doing anyway, so I think it's okay. If that's just an excuse to get more people to play Rock of Ages 2, as they should be doing, then I think that's fine. Yeah, Yeah, totally. There is one other thing that I did highlight, which is 
this has actually been out on GOG for ages because they've got the whole series of these, but they're frequently overlooked when people say, oh, there's no games of pirates in them. There was a whole series of Sea Dogs games, and some of them were quite good. This one is a bit of an older one because it's from 2006. It's called Caribbean Tales, and some of the Sea Dogs games are worth looking at because there's actually quite an active big modding scene for them. And they have a fairly active community of people that really like them. So if you're looking for a pirate game, maybe don't get this one, but go on GOG and look up the other Sea Dogs games. There might be something on there that takes your fancy. Uh, so that's worth a look. Outside of that, not much going on on that day. March the 16th. The only thing I noticed was that the remastered version of Burnout Paradise is coming out on PS4 and Xbox One on March the 16th. We heard about that a couple of weeks ago that they were going to do that. I'm not sure if it's coming to PC or not. I don't think so. I think they're just leaving it with the version we already had, which is fine because that was good enough anyway. But also, if you're if you're uh, you have a Switch, Kirby Star Allies. It's coming out on March the 16th as well. So keep an eye out for that. There's also a... They're releasing a starter edition of Splatoon 2. I don't know what that entails. I guess it's a trial version of some sort. Maybe a cheaper version. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it's on the release list. Apparently there's going to be some kind of starter edition for Splatoon 2. So there you go. And I think that's basically it. We couldn't find... Mm. Anything else on the list that looked remotely interesting, I'm afraid, as much as I'd like to say otherwise. I'll be playing Surviving Mars. Yeah, I think quite a few people will be. I think that's a fair pick, frankly. Mm. I do want to check out the council, and I'll see how good Devil May Cry HD is. Haven't played Devil May Cry in a long time. Your Dark Soul with light! <laughs> something, something, Best flock off. Best in a video game. Flock off Featherface and so forth. Yeah, I should play the first one just to enjoy, quote-unquote, the voice acting again. God yeah. damn. Some of the best. There is, uh, there are some lines in that game. There are, it's, I know a lot of them got uh, slipped into Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2, and the people that hadn't played Devil May Cry are like, what the fuck is this talking about? It's like, why is she saying flock off to the birds, like the bird angels? I'm like, yeah, it's a flock off Featherface reference. God. Great game. Devil May Cry. Yeah, Devil May Cry. Second one, not so much unless you're really into emo Dante. And there's a lot of emo Dante in Devil May Cry too. He was super emo. He was very, very upset. He became not fun at all. So just bear that in mind. By the time 4 came around, it was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Cool. There's your releases for this week. Not a huge amount. You can save a little bit of money by not having to buy games this week. So there you <laughs> go. And that brings us to the end of our show. The last thing to do would be to ask what is going to be going on over the next few weeks with our panel here. Jesse, what you got going on? Yo, oh my goodness. Well, I'm back. So uh streaming tomorrow and thursday and friday as per usual and uh more stuff on the channel scary game squad's coming and uh dodger and i just played the end of uh the last 
bonus chapter of Life is Strange with Max sure and Chloe, our two little girls. And um, yeah, more silly stuff to come. I think, uh, look, I'm going to, even though Dodger says it is worse than killing children, I'm going to play more Chuchel. So that would probably happen. <laughs> I, identical to what I said earlier. On That's exactly podcast. what you said. No exaggeration. Not at all. I heard it. Of, I heard yes. it. <laughs> I'll back him up on this. Georgia, <laughs> what do you got coming up? Um, I'm just streaming. I've been doing some home streams, so there's been lots of kitties in the background, but I'm uh, going to be moving back into the office. Um, but stream schedule should be as normal, I believe. And uh, check out my coffee company, dodgercoffeeco.com, and be excellent and party on, dude. Damn. I drink out of a Dodger coffee mug, but I put Starbucks in it. Why? <laughs> they burn their coffee. I worked there for four years. I know what I'm You don't understand. <laughs> I don't That's like coffee. coffee. I don't drink coffee. I drink Starbucks. Actually, also caribou. Car- I recently uh, got a bottle of uh, caribou iced coffee, and that was good too. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I do like iced coffee. That's, that's actually quite okay. nice. We, yeah, we I don't drink talk. coffee. I, I drink milkshakes, basically, with caffeine <laughs> in them. That's what they are. I have no fucking taste. I can't handle any kind of real coffee. I'll happily admit that, but I will drink it out of your mug just because, I don't know. It's, it's, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's just just for the sake of it sort of a side swipe of support i suppose <laughs> and shannon thank you very much for coming on the show today very much appreciated i know you do not produce your own content at the moment but i do know that sacriel the person you manage and who could not possibly get anything done without you does so what's he doing over the next couple of weeks um he's full-on in surviving mars actually so yeah. i think he's going to be splitting his time between that and then the other half is like he can never decide between Fortnite or PUBG. So every day is like an internal struggle for his reality and his identity. He just doesn't know who he is anymore. So, so in other yeah. words, Epic Games need to throw more money at them before they decide. Hey, yeah, could that happen? <laughs> I think they've exhausted their marketing budget recently for a while. Um, yeah. they've, st- they've stopped sending me emails asking me to make videos on it and stream it. So I guess they're probably out of money now. I probably should have taken it while I had the chance, really, shouldn't I? Oh, well, never mind. Um, I will say this, though. I don't stream or make content, but I do have a blog that I post on occasionally, and I am cool. getting back into it now that I've finally gotten my UK visa stuff sorted. Well so, done. I'm glad you finally got that shit sorted. That. Visas are a fucking nightmare. Yes, they freaking are. Oh, my goodness. That is also why I've been extra testy on Twitter. For the last yep. Because of the VK, the home I office. can entirely yeah. understand that. Yeah, but I am sane. I've managed to come through it in one piece. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to get back to writing on my blog, which covers lots of random topics. The last topic I covered was my keto approach to Ah, keto lifestyle. So yeah. Cool. And where can they find that? Right. I was going to, yeah. Shannonplant.com. So it's my weird name. Shannonplant.com. Yeah, with an E at the end. With an it's E. The French weird, yeah. It's yep. Strange. I know. <laughs> Fine. Also, your Twitter has been on the screen for the last three hours, so they can go and follow that oh. if they wish yes. to. That is where I'm active most. Yes. And if I'm you if you wish to hear Twitter. outbursts about Twitch every once in a while, it's a good place to follow. That. But I also really do like to answer any questions I can because I know that 
I can have a bit more insight than the average person. So, and that's the only use I really have to anyone. So I'm happy to share it anytime anyone from any level of channel growth has any questions, please, if you can't get an answer anywhere else, feel free to hit me up. There you go. Cool. And I'd love to say I'm actually doing things this week, but probably not. So we'll just not bother mentioning that i'll mostly be complaining about my back pain is probably what's going to be happening <laughs> that'll be that'll be about it so yes if you find that boring i do occasionally also retweet pomeranians and chow chow dogs so just saying there's quite a lot of that there okay. so you know you could follow for that reason instead that would be okay too i wouldn't be averse to that that's fine. It gives me a chance to catch up on some audiobooks. Thank you very much to our sponsor today, Audible. Head to audible.com slash cynical to pick up your free audiobook. Or if you happen to be in the United States, you can, if it's more convenient to you, just simply text cynical to 500-500. And that will get you started nice and quick. And there's plenty of content there to pursue. And you can even listen to terrible books that people would probably look down on you for, because that's a wonderful thing about audiobooks. You can stick in a pair of headphones and nobody knows you're listening to absolute drivel. It's great. I was going to say, the invention of e-readers and the invention, you know, the popularization of audiobooks has done wonders for those of us that have no taste in books and literature. It's wonderful. <laughs> You will never get judged again. It's fantastic. So you go listen to whatever the hell you want, frankly. We're about done. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. We'll be back the same time next week, which as a reminder, Daylight Savings Time will still be there. I don't believe the rest of the world changes for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah, which means that we've got three weeks of people showing up saying, am I late? Why is the show an hour early, etc., etc." We'll be sticking to the US time. So that means those of you in Europe and in other parts of the world, we are an hour earlier than usual on our live broadcast. If you happen to miss any of the show and you're a subscriber, the VOD is available right now for you to check out. If you're not, it will be up on Thursday on youtube.com slash cynicalbrit. We're about done. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you next time. Goodbye.